You are listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb hole. Gonna slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go. Another episode coming at you, presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, Stony Buds, how are we doing today? So good, my dog. Love it. To my left, we got Ben Ferguson in the booth. Ben, how are you doing today? Dude, so stoked to be here. Thanks for having me, boys. Well, we are happy that you're here. We're going to go on a little banter marathon. And for our listeners who don't know who you are, uh, B. Ferg is an absolute ringer, child prodigy, very decorated competitive rider with X Games bronze and silver, podiums at U.S. Open, Grand Prix, due tours. He's a freaking Olympian. He's three-time natural selection podium goer. He filmed parts for Joy, Hail Mary, Fourth Phase, all while competing. He's an unreal backcountry rider, ripping big mountain lines, wedges, natural terrain. He's one of the big dogs of our sport right now. About to drop his new project, Fleeting Time, which is uh, it's a bunch of Clydesdales just going berserk out there, buds. Let me tell you, <laughs> it is. It definitely. Is. We'll, we'll get into we that. Some big big boys in the flick for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's some hogs. We got They're some juggernauts out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, though, I do think we should start. I got my first hard hitting question: Is who is the king of uh, Bachelor? The king of Bachelor? I we talked about this before last time we were there. I said Josh Dirksen. Okay, I think that's the correct answer. Yeah. I was wondering, Travis Rice, I heard, is looking at real estate there. Is he going to be the new, is he going to muscle out Dirksen, or how does that work? Dirksen might have to come home from Europe for a little bit and, you know, take the claim. Yeah, Keep true. it locked down out there, but. Yeah, he's losing his, uh, he's losing his crown. I'm not sure Ricky can take it from him, though. You can't just adopt it like that. True. Yeah. Where does um, Jake Price sit in the court? <laughs> I'm just curious, you know? Dude, I think Price is probably pretty high up there. Is he a jester? Yeah, or maybe a, a jester. He's just like Maybe like around. a rook. <laughs> he's always getting into some wild antics and doing interesting things. And Yeah, no, he crushes it. I would say Kurt Dog might be like vice president. VP. Dude, or vice king or whatever that's called. Vice king. Like yeah, for sure. Curtis is the man, dude. He's been holding it down for a while. Well, let's talk about where you grew up. So you're from Bend. Uh, how, how did you find snowboarding? What did that look like for you as a kid? Um, so my pops was always super into it. Like my pops got into it back in the nineties, lived in Boise, Idaho, started snowboarding out there. At like what's it called? Bogus Basin. Bogus Basin. Yeah. So been there a couple of times, but moved us out to, uh, Bend when I was probably like four or something and just started shredding just kind of like weekend warrior style and then brought me up when I was six for the first time. And then pretty shortly after you were kind of like a child prodigy from what I understood. It seems like by age 10 or something like that you're on Burton what what age did you uh did you start getting paid and get on Burton started getting paid when I was like 10 years old by Burton we would go to my mom would straight take us to all the little contests because every contest you won you would get like 500 bucks in the contract so we would just like run it up we'd go to the hood ones we'd go to the mammoth ones we'd go to the Tahoe ones me and Gabe and we just kind of clean up and Burton was giving you this it was like a contract incentive bonus. based. Yeah, it was just incentives. That was it. You but win, you get five hundred bucks. What does a ten yeah, year old like, do yeah, with five hundred bucks? Yeah, dude, put that shit in the bank. And mo- we're talking multiple five hundred dollars, right? Like, how many would you win? Let's say in a year. I mean, we would start. We would go to like four, five or six, you know. And then there was like nationals and, and stuff. And you're winning too. them all, or no, not not all of them for sure. But 
would do pretty good in most of them. You're the wealthiest 10-year-old on the block, huh? Yeah. Dude, we were starting to get me and get, like Gabe was younger. Gabe was like eight or something and getting the same deal, you know? So you guys are just out there stacking Stack. paper age 10. Yeah. You didn't gamble it away, though. You saved it, you said. Yeah, we put it in the bank for sure. I would have went duffel bag, Mom yeah, filled with, with dough, that. walking around the streets with mm-hmm. it flaunting it. Yeah, maybe secure. I mean, the bag. I was hitting like McD's and stuff in high school, kind of flexing the card, but nothing crazy, you know. <laughs> flexing the card. Yeah. I didn't have a card when I was ten. I don't. I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, not ten years old. <laughs> that was more high school days. Well, I think it's interesting to think about a lot of kids with first fame, kind of turn into douches. That's true. Douche huh? flutes because you get you get this flutes. like you're kind of put on a pedestal at a young age. You maybe get a sense of entitlement because you, and, and you just seem like you've always been cool. Um, you never let that get to your head. Uh, what do you think the the reason is for that? I mean, I was always surrounded by so many other good snowboarders. Like, growing up at Mount Bachelor, we had, like, the Warbington brothers. We had Garrett. I don't know if you guys remember Ben Watts, but that kid yep. was crazy. We had, like, a crazy good crew of snowboarders that we grew up shredding with. And, I mean, that's what kind of made me who I am at a young age. Like, that's what pushed me towards doing well in contests and getting those contracts but i think just being around so many other good snowboarders it's like hard to get cocky and you know think too highly of yourself yeah they'll shut you down quick huh, if you start acting like a, a douche yeah for sure good people keep you grounded having a brother probably helps too yeah what's your family dynamic because you you got a few bros right yeah i got a couple of brothers got gabe which you guys know and then we got z ferg and he's in between us and he shreds too now, who's who's throwing down the most beatdowns when you guys squabble? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was big brother for quite a while. I had my days as top dog, and those days are well over now. <laughs> Z-Ferg will kick the shit out of me 100%. Z-Ferg is there to restore, Z-Ferg. To will, restore order. Yeah, he'll lift me up over his head and toss my ass for sure. <laughs> he shreds too? Yeah, he shreds. Is he, he rips. He rips, but is he like uh, he's not bummed that he's not sponsored like you guys? I don't think he cares. Like, he was yeah. never, like, that competitive. Like, uh, we, he did all the contests and stuff, and, like, he loved snowboarding, but he just didn't care about contests and shit. Mm. So my dad's like, well, you should probably just start going to school. And he did that, and he shreds on the weekends and when he can, and he rips, and he's so, hyped. I was so. curious. Uh, I heard some information. I got some intel that said that um, you had a really bad method as a kid. Is that true? <laughs> I might have, for wow. sure. I think I had pretty bad ste as a kid <laughs> in general. Well, we're going to get into a guest question from none other than Aaron Blatt. Here we go. Uh Uh-oh. Yo, Aaron Blatt here. Got a question for the man in the chair, Van Ferguson. Everyone's seen the method a thousand times now in the pipe, the backcountry, Natty Select. We got to know how it's done. Everyone wants to feel that. Walk us through how you kick it out like that, my friend. Thank you. All right. That's a good question. Um, I think it's all in the setup. And James Jackson actually taught me this. We were at uh we were actually at Park City. Um but it's set up, I think. You come in kinda like you're trying to do a back three. You come in on your heels and then you switch the toes right off the top of the lip. And then like that switch of the edge kinda makes it easier to push out that uh, tail when you get into the method. And then if you get it high enough, then it just kinda whips down by itself. You go outside or inside the binding? Mm, I started I started going inside the binding, and then after, like, I don't know, I really liked Terrier's method and Mueller's method back in the day, so then I started doing those. It's harder to do, like, a really good-looking inside-the-binding method. It seems like your early ones, you'd hold melon almost and then kick it. 
Yeah, for sure. Which is dope. I love those. Those are my favorite. I got to start like mixing it up more. Kind of lazy almost in front of the binding. You can like tweak it harder and like it's a little easier to like get that full extension. You pop off your heels, toes, flat base? Like full toes. Like you're doing a back three almost. Toes and then like your tail for sure. Wing it out there. No, is it true you heard that he had a bad method when he was young? Uh, that was Spencer Schubert. Because, you know, I, just for the listeners, he's known to have a great method. You're one of uh, the best. One of the best. The uh, had a number of covers, I'd imagine, with that thing. And some real money maker for you. And uh, yeah, beat I just, the shit out of that thing. I probably got to change it up a little bit. <laughs> he's been beating that dead horse for years and just cashing checks since he was 10 with that thing. But I just like to know. I just It was great to know that you had a bad method as a kid. It made me a little bit... Well, you know, I wonder there's if some that's hope for us. Probably was him to get such a good one as he had a bad one and someone said something to him and then he stepped it up. Probably was a bit of a Tina back in the day. I think back in the day, it's just like a little kid kind of going through the motions, you know? Yeah, you just didn't really it. like, I was just kind of thrown into it and then didn't really start caring about it till a little later. Yeah. You know, then I started watching more videos and started caring more about what, like how snowboarding actually looked. Steve, that makes yeah. sense. I'm curious because you grew up riding with James Jackson, who's one of the best coaches in the world. He uh, He's Scotty James' coach currently, and he's been on our show. He's got a great episode, if you're interested, any listeners. But uh, how do you feel about coaching? How was your experience being coached as a kid? So James is like style. Like when we were younger, um, he, we would just go shred. It wasn't like technical coaching really we would like if it was snowing we'd go ride pow and you just mash through the trees and follow him like try to be as fast as you could and then if it was like good in the park we'd go ride the park too but it wasn't really like anything too intense you know it was more just like getting out there every day with someone who knew the mountain and who knew how to snowboard and would like push you in the right direction but never really like get intense about telling you what to do but the first trip i went on james like he fully broke down my like my technique like, I was pretty squatty. He, like, fully, like, would yell at me, like, riding down after me. That was, like, our first trip. And then after that, it was, like, just shredding. What was he, no, what was, it like, he dissecting particularly? I think mainly, like, I would, I was a little front foot heavy, and he just taught me, like, you got to be Spider-Man on the board. Like, you want your knees bent. You want to be low. You want to be aggressive. Like, use those edges. And that, like, really instilled all that into my riding. Wow, that makes so much sense watching him ride right now. Cause yeah. That's the thing that kind of sticks out. You know, I'm going to kiss a little bit of ass here, but I think for the listeners that need to understand what makes you such a great snowboarder, a lot of snowboarders are great acrobatically. You get them off the jump, and they can flip their bodies in all different types of directions. But for you, the intricacies you're riding are almost in between the jumps, or when you're riding lines, your ability to carve and turn. And it's so cool because that's what I see when I watch you ride, that, that deep, deep board control that you have. And it's, it's just really interesting to hear that it came from James Jackson. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, like, pushed me into that direction hard, for sure. And then I took it and, like, loved it because that shit was fun, dude. Like, we would go to Copper before these half-pipe contests, and it's just that one, like, big strip of snow down before the half-pipe. And we're on these snowboards that are just, like, tuned so nicely. The McDermott, I don't know if you know Ryan Oh, McDermott. yeah. Oh, oh, big yeah. old air horn. But the things are like straight rocket ships, you know, and the edges are pristine, so you're not jibbing at all. So I would straight just turn the jibs into like gates or whatever and just like use the edges and go as fast as I could and really like figured out a lot of like board control, just ripping the resort on like an amazing board. Who who are your big inspirations as a kid that you looked up to? 
man it like definitely changed like throughout the years like i remember at first like really being hyped on like danny davis and mickle and like mason aguirre and those like contest dudes and then it kind of flowed more into like uh man definitely like terrier like i started watching terrier ride back in the day and like his style like i really wanted to ride like terrier like I would think about that electric grapevine song or I'd play that electric grapevine song when I rode and like just try to be Terry on the way down. Um, and then definitely like Mueller, a bunch of people though, you know, there's so many good snowboarders. Like you just kind of take stuff from other people, but yeah. We're going to do a Patreon question. And first I would like to say thank you to all the Patreon members. Thank you for your support and being part of the family. We really appreciate you guys. Appreciate. Appreciate. We appreciate y'all. We this, preach you. This is from Ben Wisner. As a young rider, I watched you grow up competing. Can you speak to why you competed? Yeah, I mean, that was just kind of what you did back in the day as a kid. Like, you did all the contests for sure. And then if you got a little bit of success in that, you, like, kept doing it. Um, but also, like, just just a shred, I guess. Like, always loved competing, but also always did other stuff as well. And I think competing was kind of a means to get to a certain spot. But also, like, when you do do really well in a contest, it is an amazing feeling. Um, Especially after, like, you know, sometimes you fall. Sometimes you fall both runs, and that stuff sucks. Like, it's not a good feeling. And to finally land a run that you're stoked on in a contest is definitely an amazing feeling. And that's, like, kind of what drives you to keep competing, I think. Especially if you're not winning every time. Like, if you're not addicted to the winning, I think it's more about, like, just the feeling you get from stomping something. And all that pressure built up, and then it releases, and then at the end, you're all good. It's crazy. Did you, uh, did Burton sponsor you before you were competing, or they saw you in competition? No, so, like, I was pretty young. I was, like, eight years old. It was a whole batchy crew. Warbingtons, Warnick, Schubert. All those heads. We would do the local contest scene up at Mount Bachelor and then go to nationals every year. That was like the goal. Like if you made it to nationals, you were like, hell, fuck yeah. Like I made it to nationals. And the first year I made it to nationals, I ended up doing pretty good. I got like second in the half pipe and then won the slope style of it. And then made a little sponsor me tape and gave it to James Jackson. And I think he sent it over to like Chaka Burton. And then like that summer I went out and there was, like, this big tryout for, like, the Smalls team. There was a bunch of heads, like, a bunch of kids. And then after that, just started getting gear and eventually got a contract. Nice. I was, so like, 10. Made it through the tryouts. Signing yeah. Connie's at 10. Yeah. Dude, the tryouts were kind of crazy. Who was, was in the like mix? Yeah, who was there? Chopping block shit. You know Max Raymer? He lives here. I think yep. he runs Milo. Yep. He was up in there. So what was up with the oh, tryouts? Man. How were how they gnarly? How so? I mean, it was just, like, a bunch of us kids, like, going up to the resort and hanging out up at Mount Hood and, like, eating candy in government camp and Cobra Dogs or whatever and being kids. And then, like, the next trip, there was just, like, not as many kids. Oh, it's like that. <laughs> so they invite a bunch of you up and, like, pay for you all to go there. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> and then you do another trip and it's half. Shopping half block. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. But that was back when, like, Hans and Nils were on the team, too. And those dudes were like the OGs. They had been on for a while, and those kids and Kyle Mack. So it was crazy for sure. Did you realize at the young age that it was chopping block style and you had to be on your game, or did you not even really realize I it? I didn't really even realize it. And then I think 
my dad like heard from one of the other dads and then yeah i don't know i thought it was later though yeah all of a sudden like after and then we were like hoping that i get on the next trip i guess yeah all of a sudden a dad calls a dad and is like little timmy didn't get invited yeah <laughs> speaking of dad <laughs> get ugly we got a guest question from your dad uh-oh here we go hey what's up bomb hole guys <laughs> hey ben he loves the show this is your dad hey you remember that time you were coming home from austria after the Youth Olympics, I think you were probably around 16. Uh, you had a bunch of friends and family at the airport. Everyone was kind of excited to see you. We had signs. Things had gone pretty good. And you come walking off the plane and your face is all messed up. You got scratches on your arms. Your knuckles are all bruised. Just wondering if you remember what happened there. All right, Pops. Um, yeah, so went to, uh, that's a funny question. He would ask that. He likes scrapping. (laughs) Um, yeah, so went on the, went to the youth Olympics back in the day. I was probably like 16, 17. And in Austria, I think you can drink from a pretty young age. Like I think 16 is maybe the drinking age. Beer at 16, but not alcohol till 21. And there's like wine in between. It's like a whole schedule. Yeah. So we were there and we're like hyped because we could go to the bars and stuff. And, uh. We went to a bar one night. It was like the last night of the whole trip. The contest went pretty well, so we're just like having fun. Um, and I don't know, it's just some like Innsbruck homies started tailing us and throwing snowballs at us. So we, I started throwing snowballs back. Max Raymer was actually with me for this. And uh, I don't know, eventually like one of them ran up to me. Kid was pretty gnarly looking, had like rings in his faces and stuff. And he was yelling at me in Austria and I didn't know what the hell he was saying. And he just socked me in the side of the face. And we got in a big scrap for sure. There was like four of them. And I think there was like three of us and they were kind of just beating the shit out of us. I think like <laughs> I got in a couple, I got in a couple good ones for sure. Like I put some kids down, I head butted a dude. What? Respect, <laughs> yeah, respect the head. Much respect First head on butt. There's, there's no just winner happened, with the headbutt. It kind of just happened. Yeah, there's definitely no winner. That's so sick you went for the headbutt. Dude, he had, like, hit me so hard in the side of the face that I was just, like, full. Your head was numb. Yeah, I was just woozing, yeah. you know, kind of bipping around. And he had me by the front of the shirt, and he's yelling stuff in Austrian to me. And I don't know what the hell he's saying. So then I just grabbed the back of his head and put my forehead into his nose. Wow. And then it kind of put him down. And then, like, security came and split us all up. But that was like one of my first and only like real scraps. Little squab on site is Little what that squab. is. Squab. Uh, fun fact. But he would ask that question. In Austria, they speak German. They speak German. There's no Austrian. Are you sure it's not like an Austrian dialect? It's, they speak German. It was like a. It's like an Austrian German, isn't it? It's like some whatever. I don't know, whatever they're not. saying. Let me tell you something. I they, couldn't they, understand they it. German. They sound angry, even if they're yeah. saying like, "Hey, yeah. how you doing?" They're yeah, they probably, <laughs> they probably weren't even yeah, saying you're anything. Like, you're mean. like, "Whoa, man, yeah, take it easy." You're probably like, just I, telling me to calm down. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard. I, I remember being on a trip with uh, Vole Nivel, and he was like on the phone. He's like, "Shaisen Glogan, Shigen Dogen," and I'm like, "Is everything okay?" Is everything okay? He's like, "Yeah, I just got off the phone with my wife. Everything's fine. We were just having a chat." I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right." Yeah, it's confusing. Have a violent language escalates a casual. How did it go with the headbutt? Yeah, how, did how how was that received? How was that received on your end? <laughs> I had a big fucking raspberry <laughs> right on my forehead, like like he said, like walking off of the plane. There's like a bunch of people there, all excited, and I just looking bruised up, Mauled. like super dinged up. It put a big old raspberry right on my forehead, looking like a, a rhino. 
<laughs> did he? Uh, did you? Did he get him good though? Was he like? It messed him up. It doubled him over, it's and then we got like, split up. When someone headbutts you, man, that's like yeah. wow. I'm so how would the how the Junior Olympics go? I went well. I did. I was just in. Actually, I did slope style too. I won the half pipe. That was like the start of the like actually doing good in half pipe contest for me. Um, yeah, that was when I got. I was like on the U.S. team. And started like actually figuring out tricks to that could compete with like some of the bigger dogs. So, question: Half pipe. You were a competitive half pipe rider for a long time. A lot of people know you as the backcountry beeferg, but you were you were you ditch beeferg for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why did you choose the half pipe? Man, it was not so much of a like choice at the time. It was kind of more just like this is the route you should go. Like. Did both, like, loved riding slope style. Wish I still, like, continued to ride slope style, honestly, at that young of an age. But it was kind of getting to that era in competitive snowboarding where you had to kind of pick. And at the time, slope style wasn't in the Olympics. And I was getting put on the U.S. team. And the U.S. team's like, well, if you're going to be on the U.S. team, like, you got to ride some half pipe. Um, and the U.S. team was definitely, like, very beneficial thing to be on. Like, the coaching was really good. It was like lots of good support. Like they had scholarships for like college. So that was always like get on the team and then like you can at least go to college and go from there. Now I, I want to talk about edge control with the half pipe because you have some of the best edge control in the biz. Why does the uh, half pipe kind of hone those skills in so strongly? You just got to commit to those edges in the half pipe. Like if you watch a Yumu ride, He's a psychopath, dude. Like, he's straight on edge the whole time, never break an edge. Like, anytime you see someone speed check, that's straight up, like, that's just you being a little bitch, honestly. <laughs> like, like if you if you drop in and you just, like, lock into that edge and just tell yourself you're not going to speed check and just keep your legs strong and stay in that good stance, like, you're going to go absolutely massive out of that thing. And you can do it. It's just terrifying. But, like, watch a Yumu ride or, like, even his brother, Kaishu, rode with that kid at that indoor half pipe that was insane that kid's insane he's gonna be so dope he's gonna do like backcountry stuff too i think as well but yeah man you just got to commit to those edges the thing that's wild about watching ayumu and the really good dogs too is they land at the very top of the transition oh yeah it's wild and that's another thing where it's just like balls basically like you just keep your leg if it's a good half pipe like you don't have to pop you don't have to pop you don't have to absorb you just like you keep those legs strong and you ride right through the lip, you're going to land at the top. But you get scared because you don't want to deck, so you pop every once in a while, and then that's when you start landing flat and losing speed. So, like, watching somebody, like you said, a Yumu, go insanely fast and then land back at the top is, like, mind-blowing. That's, like, perfect half-pipe riding. Another wild thing, thinking about your half-pipe run back in the day, like, especially when you got bronze at X, I was watching that run, and you kind of do, like, an alley-oop back 180 into the pipe. Right into the cab ten, yeah, double, and then uh, and then you do front double crip, yep, back three, and then the one of the craziest things for people that don't understand is this, the switch McTwist, a switch heel side carve in the half pipe is like the hardest thing in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Switch Mickey and then switch double back backflip and then into the heel side carve where you'd lay lay into it, yeah. Yeah, it was always nice if you could hit that last little carve there. Because a lot of people just pull out at the end, you know? But it's nice to use the whole walls, I think. Makes it cool. Buds knows a little bit about that Switch McTwist. Yeah, though, I wonder right? who's got a better one, me or... <laughs> 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 
We found documentation of the Switch Mint. Did you see that? <laughs> I, I think maybe. I don't no, know. It's real. We're going to pull it up, though. Bud's pulled up uh, a it's photo. Like the he, he had a He had a Tech 9 ad doing a Switch Alute Mickey. And yeah, he's, you I know, saw the photo on the gram. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fucked. We don't have video yet, so we know that there is documentation of photo, but he grabbed Switch Melon, which is the most fucked grab ever. Dude, that's awesome. I like McTwist with not, like, I the chicken wing is awesome, but I think it's pretty sick if you can do, like, I don't know. I always thought Terrier's McTwist was dope, and he's yeah. not cranking it back, but he's giving it like a nice poke. He is a dope one. But Switch Melon's pretty insane. Yeah. Really kind of hard to do with that one. Dude, your broski served up that Switch, there, that double Michael Chuck. Oh, is that, yeah. a, that was a Chuck or a Mickey? That was a double Chuck. Double Chuck. Yeah, yeah but chuck. it was a weird axis. It looked really cool. Yeah, he's got a nice dub Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, and he gets it kind of with the, the indie, indie and pokes it back leg. That's a good look. Keir Dillon used to do Mickey indies, too. <laughs> Gear rolls. Sick, sick yeah, the KD, the, the big KD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are sick. Nobody grabs nose or tail, really. That seems hard. Somebody oh, Bodie did. grabs nose. Yeah, Bodie, he's so Bodie, tall. He does nose. I think Trevor maybe used to back in the day, too. Yeah. Andrews. Yeah, yeah I think wrong. you're right. It's cool when you watch old footage, you see some people doing stale fish. Or Dude, when you have long arms, though, you can just grab anything like Bodie. Yeah, for sure. He's snagging those. Just snagging whatever he wants. Yeah. I could hardly ever reach reach a nose or a tail or a nose anyway pretty stubby myself <laughs> uh, lucky to just get a grab these days but the one thing <laughs> i like days, geez, i like I the uh, heel the the one thing i wanted to like kind of harp on is in your run that heel side carve at the end is like just as impressive as the cab 10 in my opinion because like <laughs> i don't think there's too many other people in the contest that can whale a heel side like that yeah, I don't know. That was just like, that came from just like shredding the resort, like riding the half pipe down or riding the run down to the half pipe like a copper, just like using every bit of that run to like try to turn and like instead of just going straight down to the half pipe, you would like fuck around. That's your but roots yeah. at Bachelor, huh? Just because you guys are always traversing around everywhere, huh? Yeah, so for sure. On edge. Definitely ready. helps. Yeah. Now, I have a question, like, what's the deal, dude? You fucking, you ride half pipe, you ride backcountry, you know, you can rip bank slaloms. Red lines, cheese Hard wedges, jumps, hips. But why no rails, man? What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, actually, I was kind of jibbing down in New Zealand. Oh, are you jibbing? <laughs> yeah. I was working on, I got the, I'm feeling pretty good with the front board now. The what about hitting? street rails? Yeah. I've never hit a street rail. Never? Uh, maybe way back in the day. We kind of set one up and bent, but I don't even think I really If you ever tried. need to reinvent yourself, Dude, honestly, you should dive into it. just yeah, a sick. street a street career. Get him on a Quebec trip, Chicoutimay <laughs> or something. I could figure out some board slides on maybe something kind of gnarly. Some and then hit, hit some hand plants on some wall rides and maybe, maybe a front board in there. Yeah, you could be jumping around I'm not the opposed city, no to problem. it, but I just, like, honestly, like, was never into them as a kid. Like, I remember eating shit on them super hard and not being that down. And then... And then I kind of started figuring them out a little bit. And then, like, U.S. team, half-pipe style, and you're on the McDermott, and the edges are insane, and they'll, like, straight yell at you if you hit any rails. Samurai uh, sword. You got a yeah, samurai you're messing sword. messing with their equipment or your yeah. equipment that they take care of. Yeah, because then they got to come in later and fix that shit all I up. think these guys like Ferg realize quick, too, there's no money in the streets. That's not why, honestly. I I did not think about that. You don't see any of those contest dudes (laughs) heading heading back to the streets after. You don't got Bob Costas at the bottom of the down bar ready to interview you. With a pink eye. Yeah. (laughs) Eye leaking all over the place out there. You don't want him out there. Poo particles in the eye. (laughs) It's just cold and lonely in those streets. (laughs) What's Costas been doing? Yeah, where's Costas? Okay, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about the style experience, buds. 
Canada Snowboard is revolutionizing the big air game with their newest event, the Style Experience, with an integrated style contest component that is the perfect combination of progressive and timeless tricks, Chris. Yep. That one is going to keep the revs high, buds. Watch the best snowboarders in the world chuck carcass at the largest big air contest Canada has ever seen in the winter stronghold of Edmonton, Alberta. It's going down in the Commonwealth Stadium, boasting VIP suite options, private bars, heated tents, a vendor village, and more. Fire this one up on the evening of December 10th, Canada. The style experience is made possible through the partnership between Canada Snowboard and Explore Edmonton, presented by Toyota. Get on your most stylish winter gear and secure a spot at the winter event of the year on Ticketmaster. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about some socks. Jed rides them, Jill Perkins rides them, and I ride them. Of course, you know I'm talking about Stance. If you've ever had a pair of socks with that icon logo on the ankle, then you know about Stance socks. Stance is making some of the most comfortable and creatively designed socks and underwear for the snowboarding community for a while now. Lately, their designers have been bringing the same winning formula to clothing. We're talking joggers, we're talking hoodies, hats, and tees. Toe-to-head comfort and creativity. Head on over to stance.com now and use promo code THEBOMBHOLE, all caps. Again, that's promo code THEBOMBHOLE, in all caps, to save 20% off your first order. You know that socks are a great gift. Holidays right around the corner. Everybody loves socks. Anyway, head on over to stance.com. Use promo code THEBOMBHOLE for 20% off. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about sunbum. Remember, guys, you can still get roasted by the sun in the winter. You don't want to be out there looking like a Kenny Rogers roasted chicken. You want to be looking good. I use the mineral stick. I keep it in my pocket. It's a great little thing to keep in your pack, in your truck. Again, you want to stay safe from the sun. Support the companies that support us. Sunbomb's a great company. They got good people working in there in our industry. They got Brian Fox, Jill Perkins on the team. Uh, if you want to pick some up, head on over to your local skate or surf shop or snowboard shop. If they don't have that, you can head on over to sunbum.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 15% off. Again, sunbum.com, promo code BOMBHOLE, 15% off. Get yourself some screen. To use Sunbum because you don't want to be out there looking like Todd Richards. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Richards. Okay, a little Leather roast face. of Richards. Love it. Well, uh, I was thinking, should we whack a sniffer? Ooh, have you ever had sniffer. a smelling salt? I never have. I'd like to plug uh, Run Through Wall smelling salts available at bombhole.com while supplies last. Here, pop one of these. All right. Zferg says he hits these before rugby. Oh, he games, does. Actually. Really? Zferg's a rugby dog. No wonder he beats the shit out of you guys. Oh yeah. So you just <laughs> squeeze the middle; it'll turn red. Okay. And then just give it, ease it up to your nose. You don't need to go full. That was a good one. That was a good one. He, he got in there. Oh my god. Oh oh. oh. You hit it again, or is oh, it like yeah, a hit one it again. And done? No, it's good. Oh oh, his eyes are watering. All right, we're ready to do this. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, use promo code ZFERG for 0% off bombhole.com. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, let's get into the current state of contest. So you grew up competing. 
um, you know, you seem to be leaning more in the style uh, department. A lot of people are acrobatic. How do you, how do you feel about the current state of contest? Um, I think it's insane. The kids are doing crazy. Your eyes are still watering, <laughs> dude. Those things got me. Those UND. things got me. I might have to crack this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, crack this a puppy. This puppy. Um, dude, they're doing crazy stuff. They're actually like going psycho out there. It's hard to like fathom or like even put yourself in their situation because even like when I was doing it, like the stuff that we had to do, like that was scary. That was gnarly. And then now, like especially in half pipe, like you got to be doing fourteens or even bigger. Even I don't really know. But it's nuts. And then slope styles is full. Just like those kids are all going nuts. The it's hard to like, it's hard to like uh, comprehend a little bit. Like just the amount of spins and the tricks that they're doing. Like it's hard to put yourself in their shoes a little bit. But it's mad entertaining for sure. To me in the half pipe, the height that some of these guys are getting. So dangerous. Yeah, it's just incredible to watch too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kaishu and Iyumu are going massive, and that's so that's like big. what you want to see. Yeah, yeah like what do you like? Fight. What do you like watching in the current contest scene? Um, I love watching Kaishu. He's the shit. Is he the dude who went the super big air? Yeah, he did that massive world record, massive yeah, the, world record like method, the biggest air. Yeah, that was so nice. That was awesome. Um, he's just nice with the edges too, and landing at the top and everything. So is his brother. Um, I actually Taylor Gold's a homie of mine and he's really His fun to watch. Sick. Yeah, yeah, he's super creative, does cool stuff that not everybody does. The double um, chuck late one eighty, whatever that's called. Yeah, that's nuts. Like just hanging the heels out there right above the deck that could go very wrong. Um and then I actually like Jan Cher too in the half pipe. He's dope. And he was always pretty chill. I liked hanging with him back in the day. Now I'm curious going back to your con- contest days. I guess you still have it with natural selection and stuff, but you know, when you're you're in those big contests, ex, you know, you're traveling, doing the circuit, Grand Prix, Mountain or Mountain Dew Tour, Dew Tour, um, all of them, X Games. How do you deal with the pressure? How's how's that at the top? The nerves. What's your technique, dude? I just try to chill, cause I get overamped straight up. Like if I'm gonna bet, like mess up, it's cause I'm like so adrenaline, like amped up, and like ah, that I'm gonna like blow myself up if I don't just like try and keep it calm. But you use that adrenaline, too. It's the shit. Like like I was saying, like going into a, the first hit, not speed checking, that's when that adrenaline like works. You're like, I'm doing it. And you got a crowd, and you're on national TV, and you're fired up. Dude, the crowd's awesome. You hear them under there. Like, it doesn't really affect you, but you kind of hear them, and it just adds it a little bit. You get a little more juiced every hit. You going headphones on them? Yeah, I definitely ran headphones. What are we, what are we I, slapping? I don't, what I'd only hit one. What are you listening to? For a while, like one year, I was doing pretty good this year, too. I would only hit Stranglehold by Ted Nugent every <laughs> run. Dude. Every dude, it, run. Every Ted run. Nugent. It was wow. the sickest, every run like, all uh, season. there's a sickest hype-up song. It's got that, like, slow build, like, and then it, like, pops off. and Yeah, I don't know. That's so good and to you know you do That one got run. me juiced. Not, like, every run, but, like, every, Natty every contest run. Natty Select, no headphones. Just seems kind of, like, a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay, love that. Ted Nugent. Ted now, I have a question. You're working with... Oh, it still gets me fired up. Yeah, that's a heater. You're working with James Jackson. Was he saying any met, like Jedi mind tricks? Was he miyagi in you at the top of the run? Yeah, for sure. He would try to anyway, and I would just be such a ball of nerves that it wouldn't really work. But <laughs> What kind of stuff is <laughs> he whispering? What kind of miyagi action? What's he whispering in the ear? I remember one time at X Games, I was like, you could... He could probably tell I was tripping. I was like walking around and really like wasn't focused on anything, you know, definitely wasn't like calm. And he was like, I've seen you try to push that pole door open like 
five times in a row now. See if you can just hit it the right way next time. Like to like reel it in, tune in a little bit, just stuff like that. You're, there's a door you're opening. Yeah, so like there's a little warming hut at the bottom of the X Games half pipe or top of the X Games half pipe below the scaffolding, and yeah, we like kept like trying to push it open, and it was definitely like a pull. And, and did I did it, it like three or four times, and he was like, so you're frazzled. You can, I was frazzled, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because you start thinking about, like, I don't know, you get in your head. You know, it's just like anything kind of. Start you, getting in your head, and then it all kind of crumbles. You want to go hollow head on him. Yeah. And you want to go lights on, nobody's home. Dude, not thinking is, like, a good skill to have, for sure. So at times. Uh, so I'm curious also. So you were filming, you know, early days, you got a bunch of clips in fourth phase. And then, you know, Joy and Hail Mary, you, you were doing the full contest circuit while also filming. Uh, what are your thoughts on that approach? Um, yeah, so for like a couple years, I would like film little video parts and compete the whole time. And it was kind of awesome because you would get like, you were snowboarding so much because you're going to these resorts and you're like riding park and riding the half pipe. So I'm on my snowboard a ton. And then any chance I get like, take the opportunity and go out. And like I was super lucky to be able to go out with like a bunch of really good people that knew what they were doing, who were like, took really good care of me. I'm like super thankful for everybody who did that for me. Um, but it was kind of sick cause I snowboarded so much and I was like still young and like had all that energy and like the tricks from riding park jumps all the time. So it kind of just like plug and played, like worked out pretty well. Like definitely was a rookie, like definitely needed to learn some stuff and like, didn't know where to go, like, didn't know the zones, had to figure out, like, the way mountains worked, but it was pretty awesome back in the day, had fun. It's funny thinking about contests, guys or girls going to the backcountry versus, like, guys that film video parts all years long, because it's like, you know, a lot of times video part people might do, you know, that trick once only for a video part, like one 1080 or one 900 or, you know, the only time they're doing it is when they're hitting. And it's like, you guys are just on a conveyor belt. You're like, yeah, I've done, I've done like 70 1080s this year on jumps. Like, I think I got it on the wedge. For sure, dude. That's how it like is for like, that's not how it is for me anymore. Like I don't ride park enough and I don't like get to ride the resort enough. I mean, I get to, but spend a lot of time just like getting yourself to the zone and like, figuring everything out and like it's a lot of work and you your snowboarding does kind of take like a a back step to the actual process of filming um was it hard making that change from contest into it getting into the backcountry and stuff no because i love it it's so sick i'm like down with all of it like waking up early getting to the lots all muddy and cold and you like make, make your breakfast out there we always make these like little breakfast sandwiches and shove them in our sleds and they warm up on the way out and then you eat your breakfast out there and it's beautiful and you're with your homies you're just kind of bullshit and hanging it's the best it's also cool to think that you had bachelor roots so you grew up you know you said with james jackson on powder days you're you're ripping the mountain whereas a lot of the contest kids that come up either don't have powder access or just our training you know so it probably seems like an easier transition for you because you had the batchy roots yeah it's pretty natural because we were always just like excuse me pub beer burp pub but, um, beer. yeah like if it snowed we were shredding the resort we weren't like grinding into the park so it was a natural transition and then when i was pretty young like i'm gonna drop outport um yep kind of a local legend in bed he started taking me out <clears throat> probably like when i was like 13 or something and we would go build kickers and 
tool around on the local mountains and up at Bachelor. I got a Patreon question about Bachelor. This is from David Biddle. He wants to know, what's your favorite run on Bachelor? Man, favorite run? There's so many good ones, but this is like a classic. Kind of depends on the chair, but I would say there's some sneaky runs on Skyliner where you can find like a natty hit, like almost. There's like six the whole way down. It's just like one big run with a bunch of different hits on it. So Skyliner? Go, go find that one on Skyliner. Do you call starts with starts with Gilligan's and then it goes from there? And I'm not going to let you're not going to give all the out. full intel. Yeah, there's some right. there's starts some uh, batchy, batchy looks that aren't happy that this intel is divulged. <laughs> uh, Do you call them wall hits? It's going to be crowded up there. Huh? Wall hits or side hits? That's, I've a, that's a hard hitting question. I've always called it side hits, but I guess it depends on like like a side hit. I guess it's just the side of the run for sure, right? But a wall hit is maybe more of like a like a half pipe hit. Like if it's more of a transition hit, I don't really know. I haven't honestly really heard the term wall hit that much. We've had some some uh, people come out of the woodwork that are really angry about the term side hit. Yeah, I don't know. Like who? Like some who was bringing it up? I just remember reading some comments. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I think it just depends at the resort and how they're set up. Because like you know how Snowbird. It snakes around on a cat track, and they're literally kind of like walls. Yeah, like Mount Hood Meadows has that too. Yeah, they're big like quarter pipe hits. Kind yeah. of. And the East Coast too, on some cat tracks, on like flatter. I don't know. It, it seems like it's more of a wall scenario. Yeah, I guess maybe we need to specify. We need to figure this out. Yeah, maybe it's two different things. Really, yeah. we'll have to do some investigating. See, because technically, at. side hit would just be a a hit on the side hit of the run. Hit on the side right? of the run. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get into another guest question. This one's. From your mom. Here we go. Okay. Hey there. Hi, everyone. Um, hey, Benny boy. Oh, this no. is your mom. <laughs> hey, I was just thinking about how much you have always really loved to snowboard over everything else. When you were little, I once suggested we skip the early morning drive to the mountain for pancakes and cartoons, and you got so mad at me. So, do you remember how I thought a cat or something was sneaking into our garage and peeing in oh your my boots? God. Yours and your brother's. And uh, you, you want to explain that? Okay. Love you. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> Buds has that issue. There's a lot of cat piss and a lot of items he owns, but yeah, continue. Sorry. Bullshit. Okay, so <laughs> back to the like the old school batchy days when we were romping with like all those heads, Warbingtons, Schubert, Ortega, Watts. Um, we would just like mash around the resort and if you stopped to take a piss, you would get fully left behind. So kind of would just start leaking into the, like you were always holding it, dude, straight pissing pants, like did not want to stop, would just like hold it as long as you could. And then like eventually maybe every once in a while you get it out, you know, but a lot of the time, dude, you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Here it comes. And then you're soggy and it gets into your boots and shit. Dude, dude. It's, it's not a good feeling, but you would just run it for the rest of the day. You're like a little kid, didn't really care that much. Why bad. not just whip and it then out for and sure, pee as you're going? You were dude, gonna I don't miss know. It's act, like two take, You're like a little kid. You got to like take the glove oh, off yeah, yeah, and like okay. everyone's mobbing. You get left. Like you didn't want to get left by the squad. And the squad the, was peeing the pants too. Was Gabe, I think was everybody Gabe was kind of pissing their pants. Like I think it was like a recurring thing throughout. Wow. The, Amazing. I mean, Chris, you ever done that? Uh, I've never intentionally urinated in my pants unless it's like to go in the ocean as a joke, yeah. you know, before you go swimming. But other than that, no. I mean, it wasn't intentional. Oh, it wasn't intentional. No, I was just like couldn't hold it anymore. Like didn't want to stop. Wow. 
Yeah, but it's intentional because you chose to not stop. I guess. Pee. Yeah. So you just eventually were like, eh, let it go. Have you have you tried it in adulthood just to kind of bring it back to your roots? No, should I do it right now? <laughs> <laughs> dude. Don't, don't want to stop talking. You guys should have just went we, pampers, dude. Yeah, we should do that in the booth. But well, so we okay, don't have to get so up and take then pee breaks. My parents fully thought that there was like some cat like Peeing in the booth. sneaking into the garage and like going after the boots, like specifically. The cat <laughs> like, only What is going boots? on? We need to find this cat. <laughs> Whose cat is this? How's it get in? Well, Bud's has some experience with some cat urine. What has the cat been urinating on? There's a couple items. Dude, there was, I have an issue. It was an old cat, and it would actually pee on my travel bags. <laughs> it didn't and, want you to leave. Yeah, it didn't want me to leave. And it would pee, not in them, but on the outside of them. And I'd get on a trip, and you're in your hotel room, and you're just like, damn, dude, what is that? It's cat piss. We also have the light reflector thing here. Oh, yeah. and you're like, sorry, uh, I smelled my cat piss. <laughs> on it. I uh, in the garage, certain things. Maybe it was just me peeing on stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just claiming it's the cat. I was saying it was the cat. Was, I was peeing on my bags and the light reflector. <laughs> and sleepwalking. Yeah, I just had a cat that liked to pee on things in the garage. I guess. So that that sounds like. I mean, look at yeah. Ben's story. It's kind my of my parents had the same problem. <laughs> I can't believe you guys would just pee right in your boots or in your on yourselves and I know it's just because you wouldn't stop. God, it's a terrible feeling too. It's cold out; like it's warm at first. Well, at first you're like, "This disgusting. is great," and then I'm sure you're really bummed after oh, yeah. like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, it's not good. Let's dive into that's incredible. Let's dive into uh, your part in Joy because I think that that was like a huge, you know, breakout part. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have a bunch of other contest stuff we can get back into, but that one, you really seemed like that's where you found your sea legs out there. And um, Sea legs. How was, how was the experience filmed for that? And I have a couple of specific tricks I want you to talk about is the, the double crippler on the natty kind of wind lip. That yep. was an incredible kind of combination of half pipe skills going to the backcountry. Yeah. And then the front 10 over the ravine gap. And then the second to last clip, just carving that face. Those are my three favorite clips. All right, cool. Yeah, filming for Joy was awesome, honestly. I had so much fun that year. That was, like, the first year that I actually, like, I did one contest. I did X Games, and I really didn't try. Like, hadn't ridden any half pipe. So that was the first year that I really put, you know, all my effort into filming for a snowboard movie. And we had an awesome crew. Um, it's with the Colonel, Sage. Colonel K. Colonel K. Colonel Katzenberg. And he was, like, so motivated that year, too. And that, like, it really, like, pushed all of us and, like, made us show up. And we're with Tyler Orton, too, and he's been my longtime homie. And then Gabe came on a couple trips, and we had Red and Brock involved as well. Um, So it was just an awesome crew. Sage taught me a lot. Sage worked his, like, we worked our asses off. And Sage was, like, straight captain that year. So I learned a lot from Sage, and that was dope. Yeah, man, it was it was pretty sweet, and I, like I hadn't filmed very many video parts at that time, so like some of the actual features that we got into, I didn't really you know, like. When we went to build the ravine gap in Jackson Hole, it was kind of like Sage is like, "That's that big ass jump that's in uh, the Art of Flight." Should we go look at it? And we just kind of got up there and looking at it, and like looking at how big it is, and like don't really have anything to like measure it against at that point, really. So just kind of like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And so we ended up building this thing. It took like two days. I almost like died on the first hit. Like we built the in runway, t- like 
pretty bad and had way too much compression and you had to go so fast in that thing because it is like a monster gap and i just like you guineaed it i was supposed to guinea it and then i like compressed in the bottom of the tranny and just fully like smacked the back of the head slid off broken branches and everything like thought i was gonna die like thought i was gonna be so messed up got super lucky then sage hit it and like went slower but just couldn't like couldn't clear it because the compression was too crazy so then we redid the whole in run which is gnarly like i pretty much like just knocked myself out like on the in run like testing this jump out and then we're rebuilding the in run you and, got like, like g'd out and just oh yeah just like compressed so much that like i just went over forward and like it's in the vid yeah I've seen that happen to some people on some big jumps, and it's gnarly. I've done it a couple times. It's not dope. Because I get so, like I was saying, I get so amped up that I'm just going to, like, go as fast as I can sometimes. And, like, when you got that much adrenaline, you just kind of, like, you go no no hollow brain head. mode. Hollow, hollow head. head. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up rebuilding it, and it was working. We were making it to the landing. Sage hit, like, back double 10 on it pretty early on. I think it maybe took him, like, three tries. Dude, riding with those slope style dudes in the backcountry, hitting a kicker with those dudes, it can be like, it's insane. They're so good. They have so many tricks, so dialed that like, it's kind of just plug and play once they get to the backcountry. So like, I'm always kind of feeling like I'm playing like catch up. But, uh, so I just started going for front 10, hit like probably nine tries before I actually like landed it, dude. And the landing, you can tell the landing is just a complete like war zone. There's like barely any snow left. There's holes everywhere. Dude, like nine I was just times, like I can't even believe there's a landing left for you. Oh yeah, I mean there barely was. Kinda. Took it far left. Yeah, took it far left. Found a little pocket, locked into the toes, and like was so like, I don't like claiming shit, but like after I landed that, after nine times, like probably one of the gnarliest jumps <laughs> I've ever hit. Like I couldn't even contain myself at that point. <laughs> like I put them up. All the boys were stoked. That was a that was amazing. And you had to work for it. Why that not? was the ender. That was your ender. Yeah. And then yeah. let's talk about your opener, the uh, dub crippy on the natural quarter pipe. Yeah, and that thing was really cool. Like, we knew that thing was up there. Had no idea, like, what it was actually going to, like, turn out to be. And we just, like, it was me and Gabe, actually, because Red and Sage were sessioning something down the valley a little ways. And then so me and Gabe went out to suss this thing up. And Gabe hit it first and just chose a line so well. Like, it was a perfect line where you could hit the, like, perfect vert like it was straight up the perfect backcountry quarter pipe like probably 25 feet like bigger tranny than anything you're gonna get in a snowboard park like the thing was awesome i don't know if it'll ever be like the same really looked at it this year it looked like garbage couldn't do what you did it just fills in different yeah i think it just blows in different and then just stuff melts yeah eventually and then i don't know well, the fact that you didn't take a shovel to it's that's insane. Yeah, dude, Gabe straight just hit it once and it's just it was straight. Like, that's natural. the line. Yeah, straight natural. That's wild. It was awesome. Super cool feature. Probably yeah. like once in a lifetime feature. The jacket flap coming in is the old flapper is a full flapjack scenario. Yeah, that's a good hollow head sound. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be thinking about that when you're going in. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the other one. This is like. The subtleties of understanding the intricacies of what makes somebody a great snowboarder, but you just ripping that that line down the face. Yeah, I'm not 100. The like sunny, like yeah, where it's the like, sun's it's like all back backlit, it. and you just do a fat toe side and yeah. then a heel side, and it's really basic, but it's beautiful because there's an art to a good turn. For sure. I don't know. I just like channeled some like it looked like a big half pipe, and at the time, like I just been out of the half pipe, and I was always carving down the half pipe. 
So I just kind of hit it with that. And then Tyler was super good at making stuff look good. Still is. What's the key to a good carve, good turn? It's a good question. Oh, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Tucking that back knee, locking it in for sure. Locking in the back knee? I think you got to tuck the back knee in. You got you got to ride the back foot. You got to like initiate with the front foot and then ride the back foot out through it. And to like really lock in that back foot, you got to tuck the knee. Heel side and toe side. So you initiate with your front foot, the, so the front you of your start, the front of your like you edge grab starts edge, it. Yep. and then you go. It just kind of flows through, but then you you want to ride it out on the back, mm-hmm. mm. and to lock it in, you got to tuck the knee. Tuck the knee. Yeah, like especially heel side, like you got to bring it in. That's why, like people, people, I really like riding. Uh, posy 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 posy. Yeah, you go posy posy. That hurts every my once knees in a while for some reason. Dude, so yeah, I got knee surgery last summer, and I can't go posy posy anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, this one doesn't like turn in as much anymore. Has that affected your turn? Uh, maybe a little bit, but riding posy posy is super fun. I could still do it; it just doesn't feel as good. So turning, uh, you've done Baker banked. Mm. How'd you do? Not very good. I qualified to finals ninth once, which I was hyped on. I've only done it twice, and I was pretty young. I would love to go back. What about how are your results at Dirks and Derby? You got any podiums? Dude, I got second at the Derby when I was like, I think Gabe beat me. That was one of those times he was talking shit. But that was, that was like 12. When Gabe beats you, does he just, did he just drill on you or what? Oh, little, yeah. Little brother. Oh, yeah. He holds that over over your head as, as like, long as he can. I mean, he's got you. That's a precious moment. He loves it. How, how much older are you than him? I'm four years older. Than yeah, see, that's heavy, dude. I'm quite a bit older. Yeah. You think if... if you were a senior in high school. He's in ninth grade mopping you up. Dude, the, it's demoralizing. It does not yeah. feel good. That'd be a rough, But that dude is so scenario. good at snowboarding. Yeah, he's, like, he's just he's a awesome. talented little guy. Um, Yeah, I've never done that good in, like, the Derby or Baker Banked. I've done good in some, like, other random ones, kind of. I've done okay at Rat Race. I got a surfboard once. That was That was dope. Well, you can always go back and you can do Baker Banks as long as you can walk, but you can't always, you're not always going to be able to do the, the front tens. Dude, you get nerve. I get more nervous for those bank slaloms sometimes than I do for like any other. Really? Yeah. Just because your name's on the line, huh? A lot of people there. I guess. I don't know. I just like, you want to do good at those still too, mm-hmm. you know? Who's got a good carve in your mind? Who's the, who's the turn gods? Definitely Dirksen. Um, correct answer. That's a fact. Yeah. That's not really up for debate. I would say yeah. Temple. Yep. Yep. I would say Terrier for sure too. Mm-hmm. Dude, actually watching Terrier, like I got to follow him a couple times, and it's insane, dude. The amount of like speed and like agility and quickness he like dips into a turn and like holds it is mind blowing. Well, you guys uh, went and rode Bachelor. It looked like I think you still had your numbers on, right? When you guys made that edit and were carving around yeah, or yeah. Baker, Baker rather, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was like one of my like. When people saw that, they freaked out. That was like one of my first like kind of breakout moments. Definitely like Terry having Terry's name on anything will help you out for sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, carving around with him and watching him use his edges was insane. We're going to take a second and talk to you about 686. The new men's and women's outerwear is now live on the site. We have all-new 686 Gore-Tec Pro Jacket and Bibs, the most advanced Gore-Tec Pro products ever created. They have fused Polartec Alpha Body Map insulation panels in them. 
You ever heard anything like this? This is some technical stuff, huh? Sounds fancy, but Sounds fancy, right? It's uh, Polartec Alpha was designed by the U.S. military to be ultra-light, ultra-thin, ultra-breathable, and quickly trap heat when you slow down. It's used in strategic areas only for the most efficient heating and cooling possible. Sounds insane. I'm going to try it out. You guys should try it out, too. The men's and women's gear is live on the site. Let's pape it. All right, we're going to fire it back up here with a guest question from the Ari Gold of our sport. Just an absolute juggernaut of a sports agent. Ryan Runke. Here Uh we go. What up, Baumhole? What up, Ben? It's Runke here. I had a question. Uh, Over the last eight years, you've been to pretty much every event. The Olympics, X Games, Dew Tour, Peace Park, Natural Selection, uh, Recharge, you name it. What is your most memorable moment or memorable, most memorable event you've ever been to, and why? Man, that's a that's a tough question. Thanks, Rocky. Love you. Um, a lot of different events, though. You know, like hard to put a moment on one of them. It's always a good moment from every event you help anyway. Um, just recently, those natural selection events have been crazy, though. Especially the first one in Jackson Hole. That one was nuts. Got super lucky with the snow. That course was insane. Those were some of like the best runs I've probably ever taken in my life just because the snow was so good and the, the hits just kind of lined up. So uh, that one was pretty awesome. And then it was kind of like right around when COVID was dying down. And we were really probably weren't supposed to have so many people like hanging out in one room afterwards. But we had a nice nice kickoff like party. That was a good way to end it for sure. I'll tell you, I was a little unhappy how you rode. Um I had all my I money. You, I remember you chirping. I had all my money on Sage, and so I lost a significant. It took it a little bit of a financial hit. Um, <laughs> so due to your um, great riding performance, but I, I just really fucking pissed off about it. To be honest with you, how much you get dinged by? Uh, I I can't remember. I think it's like hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. That's nice. But, That's nice. Um, <laughs> is it is it the nights or the days at those events that you cherish more? I guess. I mean, I think like because all those cool people getting together, you know what I mean? It's dude, it is always like so fun, like all the different special, heads you get right? to hang out with. Yeah, I mean, it both the whole know? experience. Yeah, because you have a go, you go have a great day out on the hill with your homies, and then you have a great night as well, hang well, out with all the heads. What about Olympics? Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that. Twenty eighteen Olympics was crazy, dude. Um, just kind of weird, honestly. Not gonna lie, like. It was cool, but it was just kind of weird. They like, I mean, you stay in the like athlete village and we're just kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's freezing cold while we were there too, like negative 16 Fahrenheit, like bone chilling cold. And we're in these like condos that are unfinished. They're going to be like affordable housing for Koreans in the future, but they're like not done yet. There's like plastic on everything and I don't know, you're kind of crammed in there. You're eating crazy food. Like, I bet the China, I've heard crazy ones about the one in China this year, but it was just kind of weird. The half pipe was, like, insane. Like, best half pipe I've ever ridden, hands down. But other than that, just kind of, like, strange. How was it uh, finishing fourth? One base mm, out of a medal. It's, God, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It's uh, the worst, dude. It actually is, like, the worst place. Because you did pretty good, you know? I mean, really good. You rode well. Yeah. But no one gives a shit at all. <laughs> like, if you don't make the box, no one cares. Yeah. And then you're just sitting there watching people slang champagne. You're like, God damn it. And you were right there. Oh, yeah. You kind of yeah. had a lot of force in the career. Oh, yeah. I racked them up. 
I wow. racked up the fourths. It's the worst. I've been there. I know it sucks. Red got fourth this year. I gave him all sorts of shit for it. Oh, yeah. Now I, I know. Now he knows how it feels. I heard. I heard that you were in a weird, twisted way. You were happy when he got fourth. Oh yeah. Now he knows. Just how it so feels. experience <laughs> that, huh? I mean, he's already got the W, so yeah. yeah. Got the give gold. him the fourth. It'll just like fire him up for the next time around. Yeah, he's a bit of a problem out there. He is. He's a unit. He's a bit of a Clydesdale, you might say. A tiny one. A tiny little baby <laughs> junior Clydesdale. <laughs> He's a miniature Clydesdale. Adolescent Clydesdale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then what about, all right, let's talk about some peak contest experiences. Second place X Games. You put her down. Mm-hmm. How was that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, when you land a contest run, it's a crazy feeling. Just like all that adrenaline at the top. And you lace it at the bottom. And especially when you're doing stuff that's, like, super scary, too. Just, like, the amount of adrenaline and then to put it down and actually, like, get on the box is super special, for sure. It's a good feeling. That's why people chase that, for sure. But it's like you said, it's such an interesting thing. The highs are so high. They're so fucking high. But the the lows of, like, practicing, training, getting ready, feeling confident, wanting it really bad, wanting the win. And when you show up and you don't ride well it's fucking depressing how do you deal with that yeah so demoralizing at times i don't know you just got to kind of shed it i guess or let it fuel you you know like well if i would have maybe like went to bed a little bit earlier or really thought about what i was going to do or got like a couple more runs in then i would have like done better you know just let it fuel you i guess well went to bed a little earlier you yeah like- i don't know just so you're not like or maybe i shouldn't have had that third beer yeah, so you, I don't before know. In, a, in a big event, you might find yourself having some beers with the boys. Sometimes it's hard not to. You're in like the contest scenario, and there's like other riders there. Like so, there's a slope style contest going on at the same time. So like X Games, the slope style guys are done. Oh, they're in full just like hangout party mode. And you don't like at X Games for half pipe. You're hanging out all day. It's kind of losing your mind. And it's the end. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. all that temptation of people just like having fun because everybody is there to have fun except you. Pretty much like the agents are there getting all twisted. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And they're doing it every night. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah. So everyone's just there having a blast. Like all your homies pull up to just like watch and have fun and hang out. So there's a lot of like good times a going on. But you got to like, yeah, you got to like try not to get sucked into that. When you were doing half pipe, were you riding special boards, like special made or do, were you riding factory productions? I was riding just the factory custom. Factory custom 58, I want to say, and then we'd send him to McDermy and he'd tune them all up and stuff, or whoever. But yeah. I tell you, the first time I got on a board waxed by McDermott, man, whew, I could barely get off the chairlift. He was I ripping Switch McTwist. Yeah. He was ripping like right off the I'd gate. never gone that fast in my it life. Actually, is like if you have an old board and its base is all dinged up, take it to like a ski shop and they'll give it a base ground and put texture on it. And that thing is like a brand new missile. Pro tip ready from a serious pro right here. And it's maybe like 50 beans. Like, it's not that bad. Like, better Worth than, it. Better than buying a new board, I'd say. Keep that yeah. thing tuned. Three-time winner of Peace Park. It's pretty prestigious. Yeah, that was like, that put me on the map for sure. I got to thank Dan Davis for that one. Steely Dan? Yep. yep. I was just hanging with him in New Zealand. He's, he's a good dude. Well, that's <laughs> the perfect blend of uh, of basically transition and slope style and mm-hmm. carving. Mm-hmm. It's kind of built for it. Luckily, it doesn't have a lot of rails. Uh, otherwise, you know, you'd probably I be skipped in trouble. all those. Oh, you just <laughs> skip the rails. Oh, yeah. Or like bonk them, gap them. Touch them or gap them, and that's that. That was kind of my Steve for a while, for sure. Keep it Still safe. Is. 
yeah, not a fan of the steel, but yeah, Peace Park was awesome for sure. Uh, it kind of put me on the map. It put you on the map. I would say, really, that, like got me, got me on a different level. Anyway, like put me on another level. I but would say. What about the launch? That yeah, seemed like I was it just put me on say, the let's, map. Let's the launch, launch. the launch, launch was like the first time I ever got any exposure for yeah, I mean, sure. You showed up to the launch and you were definitely noticed quick. I mean, you got covers. I want to say it was I that a, more super park. One of the the first time I got a photo from the launch ran, it was just a spread. But then I think Super Park, I got some covers. You got me a couple covers from Super Park. I want to say I got you a launch cover, but it was in Europe. So yeah, you, you got me a White Lines cover. White Lines, yeah, UK. from the launch. Yeah, yeah. that, that one, my parents got that one hanging up. That one's dope. Do they? Yeah. Sick. Huge, How's, huge method. How's shooting with Stony Bud? Dude, it's chill. You don't even see him. Well, just at, at, at <laughs> Actually, launch. you do see him. You see him down there looking all gangster. Kind of Tech nine, huffing so, a great. At yeah. the launch, you know, it's not as intimate as like a street shoot or a kicker shoot. You're For just sure. like 100 riders are coming through. And Were you yeah. intimidated by Stony Buds? Dude, probably the first time I ever saw him, I was like, dude, this guy's looking gangster. Who the fuck is this yeah. dude? <laughs> <laughs> all Tech nine kit. He was young. I was young too, yeah, yeah. for sure. And then Cell like Bridges was scaring the shit out of me <laughs> yeah. too. You guys just all kind of looked like hard asses back in the day to me. I'm not gonna lie. That's tight. But I was a little scare, kid. Scare, scare the kids into jumping. I love buds. I was like, I always have these run-ins with the cops, man. They just they're just out to get me. I'm like, well, you're wearing a Tech Nine three XL jacket, <laughs> resi tip, sky high, huffing a grit, looking like a just hoodlum out out, there. out in the streets, all <laughs> weird hours too, winter time. <laughs> Full profiled. Yeah. He's a victim of profiling. I am a, a victim fact. of He's profiling. Victim. All right, buds. You know what it's time for? I think I do. What's that? Name that video part. Name that video part is presented by the Icon Pass, buds. Fall is on hand, and the first flakes of white gold are currently blanketing mountains around the world. Now... The stage set with over 50 of the best destinations on the globe. The season of fun is fast approaching. Icon Pass has welcomed seven brand new destinations to its growing family of iconic landscapes. So pull out the map, give notice to your boss, romantic partner, parents, or whoever needs to hear it, and get ready to slay the scene at Chamonix, Mont Blanc Valley in France, Lauderay in Japan, Idaho's Sun Valley, Snow Basin Panorama, and Sun Peaks in British Columbia, and Andorra's XYZ. And as a reminder, new pass options have been added to the mix for 22-23, starting at only $269 adult pass. The Icon Session 2-Day and Icon Pass Session 3-Day offers a range of affordable entry points, adding flexibility and availability for riders of all means and styles to experience this family of unique worldwide destinations. With with access to over 50 destinations worldwide, grab your Icon Pass before prices go up. Once you have an Icon Pass in hand, adventure lives everywhere you want to be. What do you think, buds? This is pretty big for his career. This is huge. Right now, we're looking at a filmmaker over here. This guy is making his own movie. So if he does not get this, I mean, people won't take him seriously. Yeah. When you were just doing contests, you kind of had a pass. Yeah, it's a pass. Contest guys aren't expected to like study movies. This could be a potential career-ending mistake. Well, you know what will happen if he doesn't get it. All downhill from here. (laughs) (laughs) If he doesn't get it, I mean, it's going to affect sales of his movie. Yeah, that's actually true. Views are going to be lost. Runky's going to be pissed 
Okay. You better get it. Also, by the way, your brother served this up. So if you don't get it, you take it up with him. That's his fault. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Erickson. Wow, he fucking, that was good, dude. It's a great song, too. Bend royalty. Bend royalty right there. Working for the weekend. Yeah. And lame. Great song, Dirksen and Lame. Wow. Okay, what you got yourself here is a bomb oh, hole. thank you. Yeti uh, carry-alls, they call it. It's filled with bomb hole merch. That thing is some loaded. smelling salts in there. This is awesome. You got some sweatpants in there. I figured you're a large. I got a large hoodie. Oh, yeah, I'd hit a large. And then... Um, XL for the pants, but... Yeah, we might have XL sweats. There's some baggy doggers. Hell yeah. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, we got a mug in there. I was definitely Looks mad like nervous for got, that. I'm not going to lie. Looks like he's got one of those new license plate. Uh, oh, yeah, new things. license plate cover. Yeah. All available Dope. at bombhole.com. You can throw that thing on the ground, though. That's all good. You don't want that blocking your right. yeah, block ugly mug. Camera view. That thing is loaded with merch. Okay. For name that part, part two, video part, part two, this is for the listeners. If you know what video part this is, comment on Instagram, on the bombhole's Instagram, on Ben's Thumbnail photo. And that's where we pick our winner. Here we go. Great video part. You know that one? I think. Say it, we'll beep it up. Is it yep. Yeah. And yep. Okay. Thank Dude, you guys not for playing. Name that video part. He, he just aced it. Yeah, you were sweating that. How are you feeling about it? I'm I'm hyped. I feel like you picked ones that I... Is that a lob? I don't think that's too much of a lob, Dirksen and Lamb. Yeah, but that's like definitely... I don't know. I watched that one a bunch, for sure. There's a lot of times that I'm listening to the show, and I'm like, I have no idea. Not going to lie. Yeah. Well, you're from Bend. He's the king of Bend. If you didn't get that, you may have had to move to a different... Yeah, you uh, probably would have got like uh, beat down and kicked out of town. Yeah. Go to Idaho. Yeah, to go to Idaho. Go back to your roots at Bogus Basin. Mm-hmm. Great resort. Dude, that's a, a one of Boise. the best names for a resort right there, Bogus Basin. Whoever coined that name for that is a great person right there. Well, now that you're a credible uh, filmmaker, uh, you started your new video, Fleeting Time, new project. You're kind of like the the Travis Rice to, to fourth phase, I guess, or that's it, that's all, The is uh, B. Ferg to Fleeting Time. Major marquee project. You're kind of the marquee face of this thing. You put it together. Um, you know how how was how was it? How was the experience? Really kind of cranking up the pressure with that one. Um, yeah, dude, it was awesome. It straight up was so fun. We like Runky and Blatt and Homestead worked really hard to like you know produce the thing, and that allowed me to go out with my homies for two years and snowboard and ride what we wanted to ride it was a blast i loved it how did you come up with the name fleeting time i love it you do yeah word um <laughs> are you not down he seems well surprised. dude sometimes i'm down sometimes i'm not that down like it originally was a fleeting abundance of time and then runky shot that one like right away he's like that's way too wordy and then he just started calling it time and i was like I can't call it time i really didn't want a one word movie title because i feel like that's kind of been a trend for a while I just like wanted to get away from that. I guess I was just like I was straight driving by myself across country. I think we was like driving from Idaho or something, and just started thinking about movie title names and thinking about two year projects in general, and then kind of that kind of just flowed into life in general as I as well. But like you got two years to film 
a movie. That's a lot of time, but that shit's ticking. Like it's going clocks ticking. Like if you don't take advantage of that time, like you're not going to have something you're stoked on. You're not going to produce. So it's kind of like take advantage of the time you got. And then it's also, you can get kind of dark with it and think about it. Like it's not snowing as much as it used to back in the day. And I can feel it. Like I feel some effects of global warming. Like, we might not be able to like take advantage of these backcountry zones for the rest of our, you know, for the rest of my life anyway, and kind of take advantage of it while you can. Like the clock's ticking a little bit unless we change something, you know. But then there's like all sorts of things you can tie into time as like a thing, so it just kind of works. I'll say it's kind of serendipitous. Uh, got to see the movie yesterday. I got a sneak peek because I think it comes out shortly after this podcast drops. Uh, first of all incredible you guys and your whole squad just put a beat down in the backcountry um and uh you know i think personally you're probably going to win rider of the year i haven't seen everything else yet but seems like you're you're uh a shoe-in but uh, who knows haven't seen all the other footage come out um but going back to fleeting time i'm reading a book right now called four thousand weeks and the entire premise of the book is that we generally if you live to be i think around 80 years old that's four thousand weeks so we kind of, the premise of the book is basically we kind of live life like we're going to live forever, but uh-huh. it's so, it goes by in the blink of a hat, uh, the, the drop of a hat, you know, like the <laughs> blink sure. of an eye. And it's, um, it's just kind of serendipitous that that's the name of your movie. Cause it's, if you, you gotta, you only go around once, you know, you, you gotta get it in. Yeah. And, and I love the, the name of that and the, the kind of mindset behind that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, clocks tick and take advantage. Um, kind of even like on that subject like well it's crazy when you put a number on it like that like four thousand weeks like when you think about it like that that's almost like a little stressful you know but i was just in like new zealand and i was riding park with all the like crazy good like slope style half pipe riders down there and they're go like losing their minds dude and i'm like there and i haven't ridden much park in the like past couple years and that shit is gnarly dude that's hard on your body like i left that trip my knees like hurt like when and i remember being like those kids age and just romping dude like those years like at peace park and super park and the launch like that shit didn't phase you but now like shit getting a little bit older doesn't last up, forever but showed up in new zealand and like rode like three days in a row and was like god damn i'm sore but yeah take advantage i have a take patreon question from joseph mccarty um for the new film fleeting time what were the unique differences in your role that bring up the official label in collaboration with Ben Ferguson. A lot of great writers are involved, but don't have that label. Yeah. So I guess it was like, originally it was supposed to be like a continuation of joy. Like it was going to be me, red and Sage. And then Tyler was going to film it again as well. But then kind of, as we got closer to it and we had a bunch of COVID stuff kind of like going on that made it kind of seem weird to do a movie project at the time. The other boys kind of bailed, like Red had to do some Olympic stuff. Sage decided he wanted to do like real snow and do some other things. So then it was kind of just me. And Homestead, the producers, Runky and Blatt are like, well, Red Bull's going to give us this money. Like, it'd be kind of stupid to just like turn it down and not do it. Because at first I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this thing. Like, that's a lot of pressure. Like, full on movie, like, put my name on it, two year project bunch of budget like that's a lot of pressure so i was definitely nervous for that at first but then kind of was like well take advantage 
And once it was like that, then I just kind of dove into it and decided to put my all into it and try to make it something special. You know, if you are going to get the budget in the two years to do something, like try to do the best you can and try to like own it. Well, I think you succeeded in that yeah. after watching it. Were you the guy like pulling, organizing the trips and like calling the shots? and For sure. Like I definitely had a bunch of help. Like uh, the whole crew is like a bunch of badasses, honestly. Like uh, Blatt's really good at what he does. Like he takes amazing photos and then has been in the game for a little, like a while as well. So knows different zones. And I'm still learning like different zones, you know. So I'm not like a like a backcountry vet by any means. I've gotten pretty lucky to go out with like dudes like Mikey Rents and like Blavelt and those guys and learn a bunch from them. And Mikey taught me a lot when we were filming for One World. Um, but yeah, the whole crew is a bunch of badasses. Justin Eels, our like the DP, he crushes. Um, he's been in the game for a while, so he's got a good head on his shoulders and knows how to point us in the right direction. But yeah, a lot of it was like me and then also the homies too. I'm always going to like incorporate other people. I'm not going to come up and just be like, no, we're going here. We're going here. Like I would like to keep it more of a collaboration, like checking weather with the homies and being like, well, it looks like it's going to be good in a call. Like let's mob there. And then like we get out there and like, okay, what should we do? Let's just tool around and figure something out. So definitely like getting the crews together and pushing it in the right direction, but then also just a collaboration with the other boys on the crew. I can't wait to see some of the photos Blatt's going to put out from some of those poppy jumps in that movie. Some good-looking stuff. Yeah. I think a, so. A lot of the stuff came out from the first year. Oh, or, What about the... Talk about the birthday bowl session. Yeah. The four, birth, I heard Blatt got four in, covers. Blatt, yeah. AK, he did get, right? He at least got three covers. Three and, covers. Three covers in AK. And it was actually Justin Eels' birthday, and we were ripping in birthday, birthday bowl. bowl. It's kind of perfect. So three covers in how, how much of a... How many days? One day. Three covers in a day. Yeah, one day. Because Zoe, I think Zoe got a cover there. Zoe got a cover, Dan got a cover, and then I got a cover. I think I got three covers in a day before. Man, there's. Uh, let's talk about a couple notables from the movie. Um, I think first things first, talking about, uh, you know, Zoe's in there. She doesn't have a ton of clips, but they're all so badass. And, uh, you know, she gets caught in right in the beginning in a pretty heavy slide. Oh, yeah. And that was, like, early on in the trip to Haynes. Like, she had ridden Alaska before because we were just coming off of that natural selection contest. So she, like, had some experience. But that was, like, our first day going out was me, Mickle, and her. And we had ridden a couple lines before, but nothing, like, really worked out that well. And then she dropped in and did that, like, heelside turn on a pretty open panel above some exposure. And the thing popped on her. And she got sucked in, and I'm at the top, ready to go, and just listening to the radio. Everyone's yelling avalanche and, you know, taking the, the proper steps to be ready for a rescue. And then she's just, like, laughing on the radio. Like, it's spit out at the bottom, and she's got this, like, goofy laugh. She kind of, like, whoo. Like, it's, it's hilarious. And she's, like, hitting it with that and, like, was all good. It was crazy. Because most of the time you'd think, like, anybody, you get caught in an avalanche, you're going to be pretty shook. But she, like, handled it really well. A lot of Alaska, like, faces, as long as there's not, like, a big Bergstrom beneath it or anything, is pretty safe for as far as, like, avalanches go because it's going to spread out so far as long as there's not a terrain trap. So, it, like, pushed her out. It didn't bury her at all. She came out on top and it was all good. That's crazy. A lot of people I've seen in Alaska, that'll happen to them, and they'll, like, go home and never want to come back. Straight up. That happened to me one year with Absinthe, actually. Yeah. Like, first, first uh, we were doing a snow check, not even filming anything. And the guide's like, okay... 
there's some exposure here. It's open here. And then you get into the shoot. Who wants to go first? And it was like me, Mueller, Fasani, and Meeks, and Hosnick, and none of these guys. And we just took like a, a run down the ridge, and it was like the best snow I'd ever ridden in my life at that time. Like just duff. Like amazing, like kind of low light, so it's like sparkly and shit. And I'm like, why don't these guys want to go? Because I don't know. I was like pretty young. And then I drop in and like first toe side turn in and it'll pops. And I get like, I try to edge to the chute because I know there's exposure down that way. And then I get swept and it puts me into the chute, but I go dark and it like puts me under going for a little ride and then it pushes me out on top. Kind of same scenario, kind of fanned out, but had me shook for a minute. Like the next day, I definitely was tripping. I was tiptoeing heavily, but then I locked up and we're all good. Nice, yeah, you gotta get back on that. What horse. about some some good pointers too? I think about like early people sharpening their teeth in the backcountry. You have those heavy carving legs. Mm. Like you kind of have to learn to have that Gordon Lightfoot and know yeah, where to turn light, nor, know when to lay into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely like key because you can, and also you don't want to blind yourself on stuff too. Like if you're like railing into a turn, you're gonna like not be able to see, and then you're really screwed. For the listeners, what's the trick? What's the trick to not blind yourself? Quick little dragging, digging that tail down deep and giving a quick one and then like spreading out a turn instead of like jamming yourself up, like stopping, like a little hockey stop, you're done. Yeah, those hockey stops. You you got to hit this little slow down wiggles and then arc a turn so you can look around it. Dude, watching Mickles, some of Mickles' footage, like, homie straight so tall, he's just like sitting above (laughs) all the like. Never thought of that. All the snow, it's insane. All people have an advantage out there, huh? And then there's the jump, little step down session. Well, I mean, Zoe, I don't want to give away everything, but there's some heavy natty moves, some uh-huh. of the heavier natty moves I've ever seen from a female rider. And then the the step down with um, Zoe and Haley. I mean, Haley does the best front seven I I've ever seen from a female in the backcountry. That was incredible style. Yeah, she went off for sure. We didn't get her out that much. She was super busy with Olympics and contests and everything. But, like, when she came out, she put up, and it was awesome. And she's the best. I love hanging with Hales. She's awesome. So your relationship with Red, you guys are obviously super close, and it seems like you guys have an incredible yin and yang. Like, watching um, you guys hit jumps, you know, his air awareness is unlike anything I've ever seen. He does that switchback nine, and he literally, like, opens up. You can see him look for it and open up and, like, slow it down to land. You're, I was just blown away by his footage. He killed it. Oh, yeah. But I was kind of told that, you know, you're better at riding lines, so you'll maybe coach him on natural stuff. For sure. And, and he'll coach you on the jump. And I heard a really interesting story about the front 10 double that you do where he was he was kind of oh, yeah. coaching you through that. Oh, yeah, because I don't do front double 10, like, at all. That was the first one I've ever done. I do flat 10. And uh, so I... We built this jump, and of course, we like built it wrong. Like I wanted to do some other trick on it, but the way we built it, like you had to spin to the left hard to get to the landing well. And so I was like, "Well, shit, I guess I'll just start trying front tens." And red, of course, does like, like I did a couple like air to fakies or whatever back one eighties, and then red hits like a crazy switchback five, and then I think like his next hit, he goes switchback nine and just like stomps it right away. I'm like, "Okay, shit," so I gotta start chucking. And I got the one big, I got the front 10, so I'm I'm going for that. And for whatever reason, like the way the landing is and how kicky we made the jump, it just like wasn't really lining up very well. And then Red's like, okay, just do a double cork. Like, just go front five to switch back five for me, please. 
And then I, okay, so I'm thinking about doing this and I go to do that and then fully hook heels off the lip and like blow the lip out. Mm. And then he goes down and I'm like at the top ready to do it again. And he's just smacking the lip, like trying to fix it. And it does not look like it's getting fixed. He's like, yeah, don't go in the middle. Go to the left hard front five, switch back five. And then, so I do that and it just like fucking it. I don't know. It worked out perfectly. It was just like a cork front five to switch back five. He fully coached me into it, and I guess, like, while I'm doing it, he's yelling at the top of his lungs, flip it, like, <laughs> scream and flip it, which is fucking awesome. Nah, I love shredding with Red. He's the man. He's super chill. Like, a lot of the time, I feel like you're super amped, like, the younger kids, especially, like, super amped to go do stuff, but he's, like, super down to, like, kind of chill and, like, collaborate and think about stuff a little bit more instead of just going out and, like, doing whatever, you know. That's awesome. But I definitely like a good relationship out there. Yeah, he's the man. I definitely had to like we were doing some little hikes. He did he has like a super insane shot from this little ridge that we were doing this hike on. But the first day he like wouldn't do the hike. He was like ten feet behind me. I'm like, come on, Red, it's fine. You just gotta make it here and then we're gonna punch up this way and we're gonna be all good. And he's like, No, nope, going down. Fully bailed. And then we were like up the valley and you could see like my boot pack along this ridge the whole way. He's like, Oh, that's it. Like I'll fully do that. And then the next day he came out, walked on this ridge. A little, like, he just spicy. didn't want to hike, or he was scared of the avalanche? It was or? like a little spicy hike. You know, you're like a little off camber. Like, if the snow moved, it could be kind of gnarly. Um, and there's some exposure, like you're hiking above, too. Mm. So he was tripping on that. But it was locked up. I felt good about it. And I had done it like three or four times at that point. But he was not feeling it. But then the next day, he went out and did it and got like a fucking banger. You, he helps you with the front 10 dub. You help him with the, the lines. It's perfect. Perfect little ecosystem there. Yeah. I love the pointer there with the front 10 double, breaking it down into like a cork five into a dumped switchback five, basically. It made so much sense. Like it, like actually doing it, like you could see the whole thing, like the whole time. It felt like doing a switchback five at the end. Okay, a couple of rapid fire questions here. Um, who's the worst sledder in the crew? Hmm. Uh, hard to put a finger on that. Probably Gabe <laughs> <laughs> or myself, I guess. I don't know. I pull some dipshit moves every once in a while. Get a little overconfident. Who's getting stuck? The I most? heard Big Air is kind of a liability though, too, but not in a bad way, but like in a rogue way. Big Air like has so much confidence that'll completely fuck himself like so many times. Too uh, much confidence. Yeah, like put himself in some situations and then he's stuck for like an hour and a half. You haven't seen him. No one goes and looks for him and helps him. He's just out there stuck. I mean, everyone. No, you definitely go. Got to help. Yeah, homie, get out of there. Okay, we got but a couple times. It was like, okay, he did it to himself. <laughs> Let's let him work out of it. We got another question, and this is from Justin Eels. Here we go. Hey Ben, Eels here. Skidoo or Polaris? Can't wait to hear this episode. Later. Big question. Gotta go do. Oh, that's the right answer. You gotta go do. <laughs> Team do. Can't go poo Laris. No, you can't go poo Laris. You're gonna go do do. You gotta, gotta go do do. Yeah. <laughs> do the do. You got a Turby? I got a Turby. Oh wow. Picked it up fresh this year. Actually Jeez. spring checked it and it didn't show up. Shipping, you know, COVID and everything. Didn't yeah, they show up. Supply, chain, supply chain. Yeah, supply chain. Supply chain issues. We got jacked. COVID problems. Didn't get it to like March, which kind of sucked. So it's like pretty much brand new, I guess, for this year. It's kind of perfect. I heard Reggie did a 12 o'clock boys to wheelie over to Pancake. Oh, yeah. Full mousetrapped himself. And now he's shook. He used to be like, (laughs) 
he he's really good at snowmobiling, especially for like for how small of a human you like he is. You would think he would kind of like not be able to whip the thing around, but homie like whips the thing around until he mousetrapped himself. Now he's all shook and a little light on the throttle, I think. <laughs> so you guys rode a bunch of lines, but you also hit a bunch of cheese wedges. Who was losing at Rosham? Who was having the tough luck of the draw with Rosham? <laughs> kind of went back and forth. Um, Red had to hit some stuff first for sure, which thank God he did on a couple times. And then I had to hit some stuff first, and it, it all worked out in the end. Um, we built one jump in McCall that with Jared – that just fully didn't work. Spent like three days in a snowstorm. It was like me, Jared, and Malachi. Red got lucky. His snowmobile was in the shop. Little bastard. But um, yeah, <laughs> built this thing for like three days. Put it like this in cra- like craziest in run. Like probably shouldn't have even tried to build the jump because the in run was so crazy. But made like a freeway because we knew we were going to need as much, like, as much speed as possible. And then like you couldn't clear it like five feet like short every time. And I lost that one. I went first on that one. But then Red got like a pretty heavy one this year in Whistler that he had to hit first. And if he the wouldn't diesel have, drop or what's the name of that jump? That one's called Mother. And Mother, I guess oh yeah. Uh, the Mother. like the OG Canadian guys will say that we hit stepmother because the true mother that like Devin teed off is like even higher, dude. And the jump is gnarly. Like one of the gnarliest jumps I've ever hit for sure. Flying out of the sky. Big ass step down. Dude, it looks insane in Big the footage. Big ass step down, yeah. And that's just stepmother. Yeah, we just hit stepmother. Yeah, Rasmund and I was all like, we were all hyped up. We like hit this big ass jump. We're like, fuck yeah. And then saw Rasmund the next day. He's like, heard you guys hit stepmother. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> fuck you, Rasmund. <laughs> you guys were all hyped. Yeah. That one's showtime. Just brought though. us down to a level. Everybody sledding through the valley can see that session. Oh, yeah. It's like right there. It's showtime. For sure. Uh, going back to some funny jump sessions, I heard from your brother that um, there's a funny story about that clip of him over jumping one of the kickers. Uh, oh yeah, that was the first jump we hit for the whole project actually. Um, and Blatt had known where the jump was from just being out there with those dudes before. Um, and we like got out there mad early, Alpine, like Wyoming, January two, something like that. Dark, cold eyelids like freezing shut on the sled on the way out there and we got there and like like okay here's a jump trying to like figure out how to tool it up i'm up at the top and then we see these two red jackets pull up on uh poo larises and it was it was sage and pat both wearing red jackets huh both wearing red jackets rival crew at at that point um sage was filming for his real snow and i think pat was like hooking him up and just getting footage along the way and I was, I saw them pull up, and I was like, "Yes, we beat them." Which those dudes are like gnarly. Like I know the Colonel's program; he wakes up early, he's getting after it. So I was like, pretty stoked to get there before him. And then I'm like walking out, like figuring out where to put the in run. And Pat comes up to the top, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, good, Pat. How are you? Good to see you. Bummer, bummer, you didn't get to the jump before <laughs> us. <right? laughs> like, Should have got up twenty minutes earlier, huh, Pat? <laughs> Squab on site or what? <laughs> yeah, and then." He's like, okay, well, I got a proposition for you. Oh. He's like, you let, and which is, I thought this was funny, and maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, but he's like, you let my athlete hit the jump. <laughs> my athlete? <laughs> my athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I was like, okay, word. Um, I'll, I'll show you exactly how to build it and where to start from. Oh, geez. So I was like, and honestly, like going into this whole project, like I wanted to film with Sage. And mm. it was me and Gabe as far as riders. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Perfect. Three riders. We have way more heads to help build this thing. 
Pat's going to show us exactly how to do it. I was like, yeah, down, let's do it. And so we do it, like build the jump. And then we're like talking about hitting it the next day or whatever. And then meet out there in the morning. And Pat's like, okay, Gabe loses Rochambeau. So he's got to hit first. Pat's like, okay, start from right here. Go super fast. And Gabe just overshoots the fuck out of the thing. Like, all just, like, died. It, like, wasn't even close to the landing at all. Wow. <laughs> Great but, advice, Pat. You know what would Pat have to say? I don't know. I th- he was just, he was, ha- like, just trying to be mad helpful. I don't think he was, like. Love that. He was, like, like lapping Huggy. us on the sled the whole time. Like, he was. Can my athlete out. hit the jump? Oh, here's the deal. I'll show you how fast to go if my athlete can hit the jump. Sounds like Ryan Runke right there. Yeah, my yeah. athlete. It was pretty funny. I'm pretty sure he said that. Maybe I'm like... I'm sure no, right. Gabe said the same thing. Yeah. Uh, did you... And then you served up the switchback roadie on that hog. Mm-hmm. As a yep. heater. I'm hyped on it for sure. And then Gabe front seven it too. And that's a dope clip as well. You know what's what my favorite Gabe clip? It's really like... It's not crazy by any means, but he cab nines that little popper jump that just is cool as fuck looking and his stee is dope. Dude, that jump was awesome. We just like got super lucky into that one. We were in Nelson like before Natty Select contest this year and the snow was all pretty like garbage, but there was this one little zone back there and that little, little nugget was right there. It was perfect. Well, we got a guest question from your bro. Nice. Gabe Ferg. Dude, just a slew of guest questions. Here we go. Yeah, it. you got a lot of, a lot of guest a lot questions. A lot of people, people love coming you. out of the woodwork. Yo, Ben, how you doing, brother? What happened when we pulled up to Canada first day and the local OG homies were not feeling our vibe? Let him know. Oh, shit. I like this question. Yeah, so we're in some obscure place in Canada that must not be named. And, like, really, you shouldn't go there unless you, like, know somebody. And we knew somebody. So we are like, pretty good. But we rolled up to the lot, and it was just me, Gabe, and Jared. So we didn't have, like, a local head with us. And we fully got told to turn, like, get the fuck out of there. No. Yeah. It was like, it's family day. You can't come up here. You guys got to get out of here. I'm taking my kids up here. We're going to go shred pal. You can't have none of that. Like, you got to get out of here. And so we bailed, dude. And then the uh, a couple of the other dudes were pretty chill and, like, told us some other spot to go. And we, like, had great runs and everything, but fully got clipped from so the So who spot. sent you out of there? Um, I don't know if we even want to say. Yeah, yeah. just some loke dogs. We'll just say loke dogs. We can't bleep it out. It's time for me to go take some fit. I mean, talk some fit. Talk fit? Let's talk fit with Volcom. Did you take a fit earlier I, in the bathroom? I did, actually, and uh, not all of it came out, so let's let's have some more fit. Let's talk fit. Bonjour, Van Paul. Uh, we're going to talk some fit. Arthur Longo here. I'm introducing you my uh, collection. For me, when it comes to the fit, I wanted something kind of close to the body, but not too much, a little... Uh, a little baggy enough to have layers underneath and you know to have like a nice little silhouette so you know i can cinch it and it's a, i would say it looks like a little bit like squarey boxy maybe a bit baggy but not too much and that does the job perfectly for me and i hope it will uh, for you too and so that's it let's try it. All right, let's get into some clips that were fucking heavy from the movie notable clips you went to valdez and you kind of put your Big Mountain Jeremy Jones pants on and rode some spicy terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it getting into the, the freaking hogs country out there? The hogs country. Hogsville. How was Hogsville 2K? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking terrifying, honestly. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's heavy shit, and you can't, like, it's 
big and steep and you can't see anything when you're on a lot of those. And they're not like, like Hanes is a little different. Hanes is like super steep, but at least it's like steep the whole way, like one pitch, but like Valdez, at least where we were riding some of these lines, they're like these big steps, you know, it's like ridges and then it steps over and it drops. So every time you're like about to drop over, you're just like, well, I hope I'm going the right way over this roll. You know, like those, those convex rolls are gnarly. Yeah. And it's a lot of that up there because it's just like these ridges that like roll down. How do you know where you are in the line? Because it's it, for the listeners, people don't understand riding Alaska. It's totally blind and it's huge. Yeah, you just kind of got to like hopefully get a good photo, good video, and then really like pick out some landmarks and then just really try to like remember which way you're supposed to go at the landmark. And that's what's crazy. Like some of those longer lines, like there's so many different like key points in it you got to remember to be like on point in this certain area like so you can make it to the next key point so it's like a you got to have a good memory you know or like you be confident it's nice to be like when you're dropping in it sucks like second guessing like where you're going you know it's super awesome if you have like a good photo yeah using the phone 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 from the polaroids back in my day i know that's heavy i can't imagine doing that stuff that's crazy because it's so nice to just ease like you i straight up like flying around in the helicopter i keep my phone right here in this pocket I keep this glove off and I'm just ready to like snap whatever. Be ready. Yeah. And like if you didn't have like that readily available, it makes it so much more complicated and technical. Chris, in the 1400s, we had to draw a picture. Oh, you did? From yeah. the heli. We yeah. Would, it was a, we wow. would get a caricature, like an artist with us mm-hmm. and say, hey, can you draw that face? Yeah. You and then you just pull your little Yeah, Clydesdale out. pull you up to the top. Yeah, Clydesdale. We didn't have helicopters. <laughs> pull up a stone tablet. Yeah, it was a stone <laughs> tablet. You had to chisel yeah. the actual features in. And some strong person would carry that tablet down, yeah. and you'd refer to it and be like, okay, we got to go over this roller. Somebody like Z-Ferg would carry that yeah. up. Yeah, Z-Ferg yeah. would definitely carry it. A character like Z-Ferg. It was a whole different world back then. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Couple so baby. scary, though, huh? Yeah, it's, fu- it's nerve-wracking for sure. Big, like, intense. And if you do, like, there's not that many zones where, like, if you if you mess up, you're going to be okay. But there's, like, some zones where if you do mess up, like, it could be really, really bad. And the, gu- the guides are giving you a lot of information because the guides have flown in these areas many times with many crews. So it's interesting. You were just kind of breezed over it earlier, but you said... You know, a lot of times this might rip, but it'll fan out. So they know if something does rip, what's going to happen. Like, it's kind of fucking crazy to know, like, hey, I'm going to drop in on this. It could rip, but if you do, maybe, like, 45 out of it. Or yeah. how, how is that experience? Yeah, I mean, I always, like, you got to trust your guide. Like, you want to be out there with a good guide. It's, like, difference between life and death, you know? Um, so it's good to know the guides, like, have some experience with those dudes. And then I like to listen to them. I know a lot of people will like try to battle them if they tell them like, no, you can't do it. But I'm pretty much if the guy tells me not to do it, I'm not going to do it. And I always check. I'm like, what do you think about this? Like, I'm going to make a turn on that panel before hitting that little like nose. Like, how do you feel about that? And he'll either be like, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Like there's nothing crazy below you. If you like get swapped up and like just stay light and you'd like use that information to your advantage for sure. That's crazy. They battle the guys. It's like these guys have been back there a hundred times. You know, they know exactly what's going to happen. I think the only dudes that like battle the guys are the dudes who have like been in it for a long. Like, oh, gotcha. Been, like those. They're like, hey, I've been up hogs. here twenty times too. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, like the hogs yeah, that like makes trying sense. to get like a crazy shot are going to be like, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. I feel good about it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I've been here before. But I'm not on that level. 
You'll get there though, huh? What about the one line in the movie where you're coming down and you're on the like the shoulder of the spine and it's sloughing crazy on both sides and it's like an absolute no fall zone? Yeah, that one was mad scary, but then once I got on it, oh, it was just so sick. It was so fun, like just duff. And you were just, it, like, I thought it was going to be way steeper because looking at it straight on, like everything looks steeper. And then you actually got on it because sometimes that'll screw you. Like sometimes you think it's flatter than it is and you get on it and you like can't. You just have to like lock into a, a Jeremy Jones down the thing on your toe side edge. Because it's that steep? Because it's that steep sometimes, yeah. So that's like if you get into one of those, then you're like, like you don't want to get into that, especially if it's like dicey on both sides. But this one, like the convex roll went over and then it was just like, like full playground, just like such fun turns, chill too. Like if the cliff wasn't there, it would have been the mellowest run ever. Those big mountain Alaskan lines are so gnarly and they take so much experience, but it's cool because every time you go, you gain more experience. Is that where you want to push your riding? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to go up to like AK or even just like riding lines in general, I think is kind of awesome. And then to like try to incorporate freestyle snowboarding into those lines too, like some of those bigger lines and then trying to find features on the way down, I think is like, that's the shit. That's what I want to do. That's like, if you took like Peace Park and put it on a big Alaska mountain face and you just like connect all these different hits and you can like do a trick on each one the whole way and then maybe get a little spicy with some like exposure or a cliff or something like that's, that's the end all be all I think. Okay. We had a question from Austin Smith, another, um, Member of the Bend Royalty Club. Bend Royalty. Here we go. Stone and hello, Ben Ferg. Um, here's my question for you. This past winter, you invited me on a trip while you were filming for your project, Fleeting Time. How did you re- remain cool as a cucumber during that process? This is the first like big Red Bull project since Art of Flight. I was expecting... Uh, stressful scenario out there but it was the most enjoyable scene linking up with you guys maybe just uh talk about balancing expectations and fun all right cool yeah it was super fun i had never really like filmed with austin before or curtis for that matter so it was super cool to like get to go out with those guys because when i was a little kid i was like looked up to those dudes just kind of local heroes you know um so that was awesome but i think especially after going out with like rents for a whole year, you really just like know that it's not worth stressing. Like you just kind of take it as it comes and it'll happen. Like if you're forcing it, you're just going to be beating your head against a wall and that's not worth it. And like your snowboarding. So you want it to be fun, dude. And you want everybody to have fun. Like you don't want to go on a like film trip with other people and be like, make it not fun. So no one's going to want to film with you. And it's just fun to, like, go out there with your homies and, like, get shit done. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's good to not stress and just kind of take it as it comes. And you most likely will get it when it's good. Easy to lose sight of that when you got all that pressure on you, though. For sure. A lot of money involved, right? A lot of money. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. That's just why, like, when it's good. Helicopters aren't cheap. When it's good, you take advantage. When it's, like, you're forcing things or whatever, I don't know. You just like, I don't, not that we're ever like completely fucking off out there. Like if it's good, we're going, but you got to like spread the love too. You can't like, uh, 
Because at times you're out there with like four or five other dudes, so you got to like give everybody a chance to get theirs too. That's Facts. those are really uh, powerful wor- words I want to highlight because I think in the in the maybe the era that um, I grew up in, it was like very video part based, and it was like kind of like I'm filming for my video part, yeah. and it's really cool. Um, spoiler alert: it's a bit more of a montage based movie. So it's all the homies, but um, there's this kind of great mentality you want to you see in great movies, where it's you know I've said this before, but one guy gets a shot, we all get a shot, and that's what it seems like you guys had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if homie gets a banger, like that's a banger going in your movie. You know, it's only gonna make your flick better. So you gotta like, I like being on a team too. Like I played team sports growing up, and I like the like camaraderie and shit, and I like helping people get shit done. It's fun. And it works out for you. Look at this this guy. His career worked out great. It's because people like being around you. There's a lot of there's a lot of selfishness in individual sports and um it's cool to see when there's there's kind of a community vibe with that. What's what team sports do you play growing up? Uh I played hockey for a little bit when I was younger, Woo! but actually there was no <laughs> no ice rink, so we were on the blades. Oh that's well that I wouldn't call that hockey, that's roller hockey. Yeah, that's, we played roller hockey, yeah. but mainly football. Oh, you ever, nice. you ever yeah. take the blades out just to go rollerblading? When I was a uh, when I was a little boy, for nice. sure. <laughs> what position you play in Young football? Later. Um, I like when I was younger, before everybody grew up way bigger than me. I was like, I was a receiver or running back. Oh and wow! And once I got like high school and shit, I like, I, I was pretty small compared to everybody, so I got stuck at cornerback. I'd play a little strong safety. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, Ben and I are in a fantasy football league, and we actually just played each other this week. And how did it go, Ben? Yeah, you, you got my ass. <laughs> but, dude, honestly, we're kind of top dogs on the guys, league right you guys now. Have like, been on the league for a couple of years now. Huh? Well, it, it's, it's only during football season. But, but yeah. for. Oh, yeah, yeah. How many? Yeah, like, three years? Two years? This is year three. Yeah, year three. Wow. But, okay, did you look at everybody else's scores? No. Okay, so you got a 170 whopping. Yep. 170. I was like at a 165. Everybody else, we're like 10 points above everybody yeah. else. We're kind of top dogs. I don't know league. what that means. Well, I but, got first pick in the draft, Jonathan Taylor, and then I went, uh, I got freaking Josh Allen. It's pretty much over, you know. Yeah. Apparently it's over. cannon on him. Yeah. You don't want to be playing against yeah. Allen. Yeah, this is where Bud starts to glaze yeah. over. This is where Bud's really starts to glaze over. I don't over. know any of those names. I don't know the significance of those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot of people don't. All right, we're going to get back into it here with a guest question from the one they call T. Ricky. Oh, A.K.A. Damn. Travis Rice, he- A.K.A. potentially the new king of band. Oh. <laughs> we can't let him come in like that, dude. <laughs> he just moves in day one. Where does, hey, where does Mason Jar stack up? Mason Jar's low on the totem pole right now, but, <laughs> he, but <laughs> he's putting in the time. He's, he's working into it. He's low on the pole, really. But you know, not in pole position. You got to put the work in. He's had like, he's had like one up like two like crazy years this year those guys footage out of bachelor was fucking awesome you know you know where i'd say he's at as far as uh king of band tell me homework's done hand in the paper yes homework's done hand in the paper done you did the homework he's all what does that mean (laughs) yeah what are you talking about (laughs) you just you just filmed the video part yeah um and it's about to come out and you're maybe potentially gonna knock the king off of uh you could become the new king yeah that's what he's saying i don't need to be king we can all be kings. He's more of a knight. In our castle. You know, he is more of a knight. He's more of a knight. Yeah. This guy. Okay. He's out jousting. and T. Ricky actually picked up the phone, huh? 
Yeah, actually, yeah, we're actually usually really... he sees your name and yeah, I think he took I've me off his anyways. he took me off his blocked call <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah. he, yo, have, have you ever got his voicemail? <laughs> yeah, it's a baby crying. It's so creepy, dude. <laughs> So this is from my dear, dear, close friend, potential best man at my wedding. He uh, normally doesn't even pick up your Travis. Calls. Travis Rice. Here we go. Gentlemen, it's a damn honor to be on with you. And just got to say, love what you do and keep up the good work. Ben, I was thrilled to hear you're out bombing out landings in Utah. Uh, look, I just got to preface this real quick. Just say, man, it's been so good watching you thrive watching you dominate the last couple years natural selection tour and might i add board control second to none um look i got a quick twofer because i can um look want to start it off with fleeting time two-year film project um dude how do you manage how do you balance taking on a project like that being lead motivator being the glue that keeps it together while so i mean two years of natural selection tour family lady so on and so forth what's 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 the balance and then the little postscript little bonus question and i'm curious you know this year at bald face i was supposed to go toe-to-toe with you oh, for shit. the semifinals of the duels it was jared mickle and me and you <laughs> Semi-final day rolls through, and uh, you and Mickle unable to participate. I'm curious how much of that was due to maybe a similar affliction that took Mickle down, and how, or how much was that due to the simple laws of physics and centrifugal force tearing apart intercostal muscles, as you probably took down Tomahawk of the season. <laughs> Look forward to hearing your answers. Best. All right. Word. Lots, lots there. Um, balance, I guess, was the first question. Yeah, great Thanks, question. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. That means a lot. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to tie it right back into my movie title. <coughs> Time's fleeting. Take advantage of that shit. Um, when you are on a trip and the snow is good, get it while it's good. And then, I don't know, contest rolls around. Like, I don't know, just... Fucking try your hardest on all that stuff. Take advantage of your time. Family, too. You know, relationships with other people. You know, it's a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, just put the time in, I guess. And then <laughs> the reason we didn't battle, I guess, like, we we were doing these duels up at, uh, in, at Bald Face for the natural selection. And I was supposed to go against Ricky. But we did the contest the day before. And so after the contest, everyone's just got, like, annihilated. Me, myself, I, I definitely got pretty tuned up that night. Me, Meeks, Craven. Um, I also had, like, the biggest slam maybe I've ever taken on that course, my, like, uh, last run. So I was pretty dinged up. The knee was feeling like it was going to fall off, and I tilted a couple too many the night before maybe and just decided to take a back seat. And, uh, yeah, I'll come for you next time, though. A <laughs> couple of things real quick Yeah I love how uh, a lot of people submit guest questions And if they're not like 30 seconds or whatever You're like, gotta hand it back in T-Ricky, dude, you just let him go Yeah, he lives by his, his and own And I love how he, T-Ricky's like, cause I can't 
Because <laughs> he knows that. He well, everybody else, I'm like, you send a guest question, keep it under 30, try to keep it under 45 seconds. You know, Trav? Minute long No question. time limit. Floor is yours. Yeah, take the show. <laughs> Because a lot I of can. good, a lot of good adjectives in there. I'm not yeah. even entirely sure what they mean. Yeah. But um, they kind of confused me a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. <laughs> we might need a, dic- a dictionary yeah, for the next T. Ricky, a thesaurus, <laughs> something like that. We got to get one of those on hand for T. Ricky's questions. Uh, then part, oh yeah. So you answered both of them. Yeah, thank you. Got so them both. let's let's get back to getting um, completely pie-eyed, yeah. if you will, uh, cross-eyed, <laughs> annihilated. Um, yeah, how was that night? Did you really uh, give us a couple details? Dude, I think I maybe even, like, overdid it too early. Like, immediately after the contest, I think they iced all of us in the cat on the way back to the lodge. Oh, you got iced. Zoe was doing, like, shoeies out of her boot and stuff. Like <laughs> shoeies? Legend. Yeah, the booties, I guess. Well, you, you, pour, booty, yeah. you pour the ice in the boot? Yeah, she... Well, it's called a shoey. Shoey. from oh, Australia, <laughs> from New Zealand. Oh, yeah, it's do a shoey, shoey mate. Do a shoey, mate. We're doing shoeies, mate. Yeah, hit a big shoey right in the kit. Oh, and your whiplash must have been... Oh, dude, I was bawling. crazy, dude. That, yeah, that. Let's talk about Tommy. T- he he said Tommy of the year. T O T Y might have been of the century, dude. It's a good tomahawk. Like it's the most times I've flipped consecutively. Like, dude, head to head to board. What's the sure. key? What's the key to a really violent tomahawk? Walk <laughs> yeah, us through yeah, it. Walk us through protect them. the. Th- Protect the neck. Protect your neck. <laughs> At all costs. But how do you? How do you wrap it up and just hope? Like especially that one. Because were you holding your head? Oh yeah. yeah. I like that's a pretty good. Just like I always hit that. Yeah, one. Grab your head when that you're one, Tommy. I think that one saved me a couple times. But uh, but how do you initiate it? Initiate a good time. Yeah, how, what's the key to initiating? I thought we were watching the <laughs> punching that nose down first. <laughs> I thought it was like the Olympics floor routine going on. With yeah. All the cartwheels. How, many, how many back hands yeah. picks up pulling? <laughs> Hit the like, vault. Yeah. We got to do that for a bomb. We do Resi of the year, but we're gonna have to do Tommy of the yeah. year as well. Tommy, that's a good one. Um, yeah. That one in particular was like kind of freaky because there are some, like a decent amount of trees on that run. So the whole time, I remember like. Flipping way too many times, like it's lasting way too long at this point. I'm still flipping, like enough time to think, you know. Like a lot of the time, it's like and you're done. But this one, I was like, okay, still flipping. Here we go, coming in for a sixth one. Protect the neck, please. No tree, please. No tree, please. No tree. Am I going seven? What's happening? Goggles are annihilated. Like the whole thing. The reason that happened, though, straight up, I've had to, like, battle Meeks in these uh, natural selection contests multiple times, and the dude, like, for whatever reason, he's, like, dropped before me multiple times, and he will hit, like, just a crazy, like, back five on some messed up feature, and then once he does that, I'm like, okay, well, I gotta, like, do some crazy shit if I want to beat him, so. Do you you have, like, went for the back sev, landing was a little suspect. (laughs) Kind of a little, like, wind-packed crust on the top, and then she just rolled me. You got served up. Do you have, uh, yeah. do you have like, option A, safety run, option B, rogue pony? Yeah, for sure. Um, and that, like, so the whole contest thing, like, those uh, natural selection contests, you're just, like, staring at the course, like, for, like, a week in advance. So you just have, like, all these different potential lines in your head, and then... The day of the contest, like, we had some, like, variable snow conditions. Like, the left side of the course was real stacked, super good snow, like, mad good snow. And then the farther you went right, like, the worse and worse it got. So, like, a lot of people stuck to that left side. But then after they send everybody down and it kind of narrows down, there's only so many options for good landings. So then you kind of got to start working into the the worst snow. But, yeah, there's always, like, backup runs and there's, like, plans you have. And What percentage of it is coming in and being, like, 
taking mental notes of watching other people and what percentage of it is just riding intuition into all these blind features. So like anytime before I'm going to drop in, I have like a, excuse me, full plan. Like I know what exactly I'm going to hit. And then I guess if you like get bumped off of it, then you can kind of freestyle, but dropping in like you want, like, yeah, your seating is pretty cool. Cause then you get to know how the snow is and everything. But then at a certain point, like that doesn't really matter anymore. Like you've already done it. So you know, like what's good and what's bad. And then you just kind of got to go. But yeah. What about Alaska for natural selection? Um, so yeah, that's like a whole nother thing. Cause then you're just like on some crazy face and you, we really didn't get a shred that much this year beforehand. We took like a couple runs maybe. And even like the couple runs we did do, like there was some like snow moving and stuff. So like pretty gripped before dropping into that one. And there's just like a level of unknown when you're riding Alaska, like kind of how we talked about before. We're like not exactly sure where you're going. So if you kind of like make it down and like you hit all the marks that you wanted to hit, you're pretty stoked, I think. Um, it just adds it to a level where it's harder to get like more freestyle because it's like dropping into those lines. It's a little more technical for sure. And then actually the bald face course is probably the scariest course just because of the amount of like trees. Because there's places where like you do, Tommy, like luckily... I like chose that landing to try a trick on because like if I did fuck up, like it was pretty clear. Like I wasn't going to go flying into like a, a big tree, but in some of those upper zones, like if you were to go for something up high, like the potential for like really messing yourself up is pretty high. Now with the current state of, of contests, you know, there's a lot of mixed opinions about slope style and half pipe and, and the degrees of rotation and just the sheer, acrobatics that goes into these contests that it's making I think some people feel a little bit lost to their roots of what connected them to snowboarding but it feels like the natural selection is the new exciting contest everybody's excited about it we have a watch party here and go berserk and freaking uh, uh, maybe hypothetically put some dollars on it allegedly I should say for legal purposes <laughs> I've heard um, of that but, happening but, but I didn't I, see yeah anything. I didn't see I, didn't I don't see know but but regardless ordeal. yeah um Going back to to the contest, what are your thoughts about the natural selection and what it's doing for snowboarding? I mean, I think it's really cool because, like, there are there is a point in your career where you're, like, you aren't going to be hitting park jumps and being competitive on a slope-style course or in a half pipe, and then, like, you want to make that transition into, like, riding in the backcountry and filming video parts, and then it just kind of allows you to still do contests with a different, like... Uh, set of knowledge you know it's like a it's like a level up to a different style of contest like you learned all this stuff from like going out and filming and you can take that stuff and put that into this new style of contest and they're really fun like straight up i've had some of the best runs of my life like doing these contests because you do go to these spots and you wait for the snow and then you get like amazing pow and it's like a run where it's like fully like freestyle like hit after hit so it's like some of the best run and also like it adds Cause filming, you get that adrenaline rush, you know, you're nervous. You like, you got to like lace it to get a shot. So it makes you nervous. But then the contest like nerves are a little more. So you'll get into that like adrenaline that we've talked about before and you make it to the bottom of one of those and you like laced it and stood up. And like, especially if you did something that you're really hyped on, like that's a dope feeling. So I, I love being in them. Honestly, it's a lot out of the year. Like it's a big commitment. It's at least like three weeks, you know? where you could be like filming or doing something else. So it is like a big commitment, but I do really enjoy them. It's really cool to see 
the way that, uh, unlike a slope-style contest, is generally judged by just jump to jump to jump to jump to rail to whatever. It's it's There's so many little subtleties in between when you guys are catching air. Is like maybe you throw a turn and hack some snow or, you know, it, linking the, the course together in a flowy way. You see some people kind of skidding through it, some people kind of navigating it different ways, but you have a great way of really kind of being a freaking samurai in the way that you cut through the snow and link the turns together and flow. There's a whole art to that. Do you, do you kind of take the turning into consideration too when you're competing? Yeah. I mean, I guess I just kind of think about it. Like if you are going to film like a line, you know, like if you're doing a contest and you are just chasing tricks and stuff, maybe you're not going to like care so much about those in between moments. But if you are filming like a line, like you want the, there like there's some magic moments that happen in between the hits, you know, you just want to like, make it look like snowboard how you would want it to look good, you know, and take advantage of all those little, like, obstacles and, yeah. And, and that's the judges fun part, too. Judges give you like, points, though, for that, right? If you I would assume, yeah, that way, I think listening, so. Listening to it, that yeah. someone has some sick, like, some dudes were doing some switch turns in between, and I think they were getting Yeah, they stack up some bonies. points for the switch yeah. turns. Yeah, but. for sure. I think that, like, all comes into your run and makes it special and maybe even stand out a little bit more, for sure. Now, being in that contest, you got to see the best of the best ride powder. You were riding against them. Being there in person and seeing all the different terrain, which rider stood out to you the most and why? Man, honestly, this year, like, I, after Alaska this year, Torstein impressed me so much, dude. Like, I, I always knew that Torstein was an amazing snowboarder and, like, he maybe wasn't ever, like, one of my favorite dudes, but after, like, watching him ride in Alaska, I was really impressed with the way he was able to, like, lay stuff together, his line selection, and then the way he just kind of handled it and put stuff down. It was, like, really impressive to see. You guys also had a lot of big hype and uh, the Jackson contest when you had the Bend Younger Bro oh, yeah. and Big Air were kind of putting on for their city out there. Mm-hmm. Colonel, Colonel took us down. <laughs> We took an L on that. We took an L on that old one. I I bet on the Colonel again. It was great for me. But yeah, the whole city of Bend. It was it was the Colonel against the world. It felt like with the city of Bend there. (laughs) Oh yeah, and we we felt that one for sure. It was it was rubbed in our noses decent enough. (laughs) Definitely, there was some memes and stuff. And but memes, huh? Yeah, I mean, nothing like crazy, but like, yeah, like Sage Kotzenberg pissing on Bend, Oregon. <laughs> like, that's, that's not good for the psyche necessarily. <laughs> was Dude. he the one who got the Indiana Jones boulder chasing him on the on Scary Cherry? Was that Sage him? had the boulder yeah. behind him. Yeah, yeah. That, was yeah, that, that was crazy. Was so sick. Yeah, he like jibbed the little, uh, it fell like off the, the pillow perch. and it broke, and then he did fully have like chunks coming after him. Yeah, that was great. Dude, big Air was. Freaking ripping, dude. Yeah. What did yeah. he end up at Jackson? He put up for his city. He top, Jackson, he got second. Three. He got second, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, it was him and Sage in the final battle, and then Sage took him down. Mm-hmm. That was our last hope. That was Ben Oregon's last hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but he, got, he definitely impressed everybody. What are your results? You got three podiums, right? Yeah, so I got second at the Jackson one the first year, which the first year at Jackson was unreal. The snow like, looked way better. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, That was like one of the better runs I've ever had, you know? And then, man, what happened after that? I got second to Mickle at the AK1 for the final the first year. And then this year I got third in Alaska. Kid's not kind of bad. an AK threat. Yeah, not a lot bad of at are all. Saying, Dude, AK I'll take threat. a box. After so many fourth places, the box feels nice. Kid Anytime loves you can box. Give him the box, I'll take the box. Yeah. yeah. Kid loves box. Love some box. 
Uh, we didn't really ask because we haven't talked cheddar biscuits. We mm. can't really talk current contracts because yeah. it's kind of it's a little. Uh, but current you know, bisque is not pe- tasteful. People like to know about the bisque. Um, let's say contest contest year. Uh, what's the biggest prize earnings and maybe like matches from sponsors? I think maybe like the biggest one back in the day that I had ever got. I think I got like thirty four, thirty five grand for getting second at the open. Woo. The Burton Open was like. They had the prize money. That was the sickest contest. And, and that includes sponsor match? And then, yeah, had some sponsor match on that one. So on that was top a, of it or in, inclusive? In addition to the 35. In addition. That, that, it's not a match, I don't think, in my contract, but it was like, if you place this here, you get this much. Nice. Kind of in. They're going to ride in the... <laughs> yeah. Would you spend Would you spend that yeah, on? You, you, go buy? Buy, you buy any dumb shit? You seem like you're pretty frugal. I man. put that shit in the bank. That's so stupid. You just keep putting all your stuff <laughs> in the bank. What do you? Well, I'm spending it all right now. I've been building a house. Worst time ever to build a house. It's so a lot of supply chain issues going yeah, on. A lot of supply chain yeah, have issues. Have you been building a house time. for a little while? Yeah. So I bought the lot after the Olympics when I was 23, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a house in two years, and then I'm still like, like hopefully, honestly, hopefully I fly home and I'm I move into that like right now. But oh, I, really? That's it's not exciting. Yet. But yeah, it's terrible time to time. build a house. Yeah, the prices of wood just going through the roof, everything. Yeah, it was pretty stressful. So, like, I, I have been saving my money pretty much my whole career. I mean, about a Since truck. Since you were 10, it sounds like. About a truck, you know, you know, like life and stuff. But, like, I've been pretty pretty good at, like, right now I'm living at my buddy Carson's house and the rent's super cheap. Like, I've been, and then you go on the road and you're, like, got some travel budget. So, you're living pretty, pretty, you know, saving money. Kids living good. Well, you bought a Turby. Did you buy that or was it free? I bought that. Was, what's a brand <laughs> new do Turby running these days? That thing was seventeen five. Ooh, that's what I like to but see. I now got in. I got money. in spring check before like uh, okay. So before supply chain failures really hit eighteen five. So now they're probably like I I, I think they're like twenty. Wow, mm. twenty upwards. I would guess. Damn, for a anybo- new turbo. Anybody a do looking uh, that's watching this show, we will gladly uh, become a. Brand partner with you guys, Ski Doo. Yeah, Ski Doo, not Polaris, but particularly Ski Doo. I would take a Ski Doo partnership. Definitely partners with. I would. I would go Polaris. You go Polaris. I mean, I would Ski Doo Polaris, whatever, man. Arctic Cat. Would you go Arctic Cat? If I had, man. Yeah, choice. Cat. You would turn that down if one. Have you ever ridden an Arctic Cat? No. Oh, they are. They're bad. They're that bad. Yeah, they're. So if they hit you up and they're like, Chris, we would like to send you the newest model. You sell your you'd soul on like, that one, or sorry, I'm or not. You stick to the I, bleed, I bleed do, I bleed do. But you would send it back. You'd be like, yeah, don't. That's respect. I'd say I'm, I'm good. I don't even. I'm talking like the free one sponsorship. I bleed do. Free cat is almost probably just like a money pit. Just <laughs> <laughs> dumping you're gonna, money in that thing in that bar. Oh man, I remember What's Bjorn, so Bjorn Linus things? had had a, uh, like the brand new Arctic Cat back when the XM chassis just came out, and I had a I think a brand new eight hundred or eight fifty. I can't remember what it was, and I felt like I was on a two thousand and three summit, dude. The <laughs> chassis was like literally like handlebars low, They're like still like that? like low, like no the center of gravity is so low you can't even get them on their side. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I think they got some new ones that are. Arctic. I was gonna say like, how can they not get with the times? You know, it's up. I think they're working on it, but they're they, working on it. The dew is just so superior. The dew. <laughs> <laughs> At least with Polaris, it's like those are dope. I mean, you can't deny it. Polaris's are dope. You guys just like Arctic cats. I mean, ski dudes. Just very loyal. Just loyal. That's a little lost out there, dude. I I started with a Polaris 
Rocky Mountain King. Yeah, I liked. I was stoked on it. I was like, red. Red was on a Polaris for one year. He had the. It was the code red. I think had a wild rap on it. Right. Oh yeah, they. Reggie's always got the wild rap. He's got that bright red do rap. That code red. It's kind of oh perfect, yeah, the honestly. code. Yeah, it's awesome. Code red I love it. rap. But, That's uh, dope though. He swore by that thing, but he eventually came over to the do. How's Reggie on the rooster? Reggie rips. Like, super low-key. Like, you wouldn't think he'd be very good, but homie puts the machine where he wants it. Of course he does. He's red. Yeah, he's so good at everything. It's annoying. How is Kurt sledding with Curtis? Cezik? Curtis is just so, like, dialed. He's just, like, so well put together. and like Sled boss. Yeah, just so much experience. And then he is just, he's another one of those dudes who is just, like, insanely good at everything. So, like... He's captain out there for sure. You still been doing a fair bit of sh- uh, fishing, dude. Honestly, my fishing has been kind of. Fun. I went like a bunch of times this year. I caught like one fish. Kind of sad. I caught, go one, I caught one tiny bass. I went with Kurt Dog actually. Uh, uh, supply chain issues. Yeah, Jet boat fly guides. Chain. I think there is some supply chain issues on the rivers right now. Actually, it's a little harsh. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Kurt's the man. He got my brother. He got Z Ferg into a big old steelhead. We just went on a trip with the fam. It's dope. Great. Uh, buds, I think it might be time. Oh. Bacon. For, to crack that bacon. <laughs> bacon. 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 It's a reference to beercan or bacon.com. Uh, yes. Boomers maybe only know about that. What are you drinking, Buds? What I got here, my friends, is a delicious pub beer. It's cheap. It's fun. And now I'm going to taste it. Yeah, take a, take a sip of that. <sighs> bacon. Bacon. It's good. If you're thinking about going to Bald Face Lodge and getting completely obliterated and then not riding against Travis Rice, <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna choose? I'm gonna choose pub beer every that's time. A, that's a good responsibly, I should say, for legal purposes. For sure. You're are you hey. a ten barrel athlete, right? Yeah, for sure. What What are the perks? You get free beers. Free beers. They hook it up with food too at the pubs, and oh, I've been riding with them for a while. Did nice. shit local Bend, Oregon brew pub. That'd be so funny if like it went really south, and then you turned into like a really bad alcoholic. <laughs> You're just they, like they got the hiccups. Are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great sponsor. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> things go down. You know, south. I mean, I've had a couple already. Face, so I'll, I'll he was there. being responsible. You can't drive anywhere. Well, he freaking killed it at the contest. He was doing the right thing. Yeah, he's working out those knots from the tomahawk. Oh yeah, you got to roll these dice. Was dusted. Roll those dice, my friend. All right. What are we rolling these for? Uh, we'll tell you what you got to do yeah. on the crapshoot. All right, that's a four. 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 What is one of your worst bails? Besides, <laughs> besides bald face. Besides, besides the tomahawk on scary cherry. Dude, have a like. Okay, we'll talk about some ones from back in the day in the half pipe, because those ones are brutal, dude. You like post up on the deck and it is game over. Um. I remember when I was like pretty young, I was learning double cripplers. It was like when double corks were like crit, like you needed to have a double cork. So we were like trying these double corks in the half pipe. And I would just like my timing in the half pipe, honestly, especially like spinning front side has always been pretty garbage. And if you go early at all in the half pipe, like you leave the lip early, you're posted on the deck 100%. And I've had like, I did some double cripplers back in the day where I just fully posted right on the deck and somehow like landed like corner of the deck on like like kind of talk like tacoed my body this way like pipe coming up my sternum and like in between my legs and straight just like pissed blood for like a while no. that one like pretty gnarly that that the half pipe's no joke that thing's firm and if you land on the deck 
you're going to bounce like 20 feet into the deck or into the flat bottom. And that is like, it's like a twofer it's like injury and then injury. Your dad told me that you had an interesting bail in the Mammoth Grand Prix when you were younger. Yeah. What happened there? I think this is kind of classic. I think if you haven't done this, like, probably haven't eaten it hard enough. But I fully, like, back nine, again, went too early, landed on the deck and full, like, shit my pants. <laughs> Had to pull out of the contest, go clean myself up. So would you say... That one's not fun. Would you say it's safe to say that if you're a pro snowboarder, if you haven't fallen hard enough to shit yourself, you should, you're not a pro snowboarder? Uh, I don't know. Like if you're like, there's a bunch of dudes who are probably really, really good and don't like eat shit that hard that often. But I think it's kind of a, like a little, it's a chink in the belt. It's a notch in the belt. That's like, I can see Nicholas Mueller, like maybe honorable. never shitting. Yeah, yeah. That's he's, what I was gonna he's think. probably like never shit his pants. Yeah. Like Maybe Jake Blavelt's like never really shit himself. No. We'll have, have to ask. Have him. you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's kind of a staple mm. kind of. Well, I actually remember I thought it was blood. And then, because it's all warm and numb. It, yeah, down you don't know it what happens. it is. I thought it was blood, and then it was shit. And then you're just like, it's it, like you, you, everybody around you can smell it, and you smell like, like yeah. shit that's not in the, the water. Like I don't think you realize when you take a dump in the toilet, the water blocks the it smell, dampens yeah. the smell. I'm sure, some people. But have a had dry a dock, <laughs> a dry dock scenario is like it's got a bit of a aroma to it. You could say, but if you if you drop one in that breaches the water, I mean, you get it. Oh, you're yeah. talking about a beach. Are you talking a beach whale? Yeah, we're talking a about beach a beach whale. whale, like a big boy. Yeah. yeah, a big boy above the water line. That's just a little bit out. I mean, woof. yeah, you're a little backed up after like a couple nights at Olive Garden or something like that. <laughs> you, you drop yourself a nice beach whale. You, yeah. You're gonna cheesy breadsticks. Yeah, you're gonna need to light, light a couple of match matches just to get shitting ready. breadsticks <laughs> unlimited free breadsticks and a bunch of cheese and then about three days and then you got yourself a beached whale beached whale yep okay we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about bubs naturals now first things first the coolest thing about bubs is the fact that it's owned by snowboarders so it's uh snowboarders for snowboarders you know they support the show so might as well support them. With that being said, uh, Jeremy, you broke both of your legs in an avalanche a few years ago, and I know you used some some bubs for your road to recovery. How did it help? It grew my bones back. I mean, straight up. I had the doctor, you know, at two years in tell me I needed another surgery, bigger rods. Uh, the bone wasn't going to grow back. I didn't like the sound of it. Um, I got on the bubs consistent, and over the course of two years, I grew a ton of bone back enough for my right leg to remodel and, and do its thing and become strong again. Uh, awesome skin. Um, you know, my nails grow like crazy, uh, joints move smooth. I mean, it, it lubed me up good. I notice when I don't take it, I mean, immediately really cool. Well, it's a, it's a protein powder. So how do you, how do you take this stuff? I mean, however you want, I prefer it in, in tea, Coffee, um, smoothies. Smoothies is my favorite. That's kind of the morning jam. And uh, but really, the the protein powder is tasteless. So you could even do it in water. I don't recommend that. There's better ways. It's just more enjoyable. I like it with a little coffee. Yeah, that's the way to go. And if you're interested in picking up some bubs, ten uh, percent of all profits go to charity, which is cool. But you can head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code bombhole, all lowercase. Again. Promo code BOMBHOLE at bubsnatural.com for 15% off. Okay, we're going to get into hot takes. Hot little potato right now. Uh, so, question. 
First one we're going to ask, MJ and or GOAT of snowboarding, both male and female. To you, as it pertains to you, who do you have, male and female? Um, Man, it's a hard question for sure. Hard-hitting. Hard-hitting question. I'm gonna say, question. I'm going to say Terrier as far as dudes. Yep. Um, just because, I don't know, I've always thought he was the man. Like, I got into watching his riding, and it's, like, super inspiring to me, and... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Female. You know what I always thought was like kind of interesting? Like, you got the MJ, and then do you ever have like the the later generation like ball LeBron player? Or something? Like a Braun? Yeah. All right. So who's your Braun? Well, if you go like Terry is your MJ, then do you do like Ricky is like a Braun? Travis is a legitimate. Yeah, that's a Braun. For sure. Kind of even built the same, you know? They're even like comparable in like body type. Um, I always thought that was kind of funny. But, yeah. um, for women's side of snowboarding, I would say, I mean, I would say Barrett. Great answer. Props. Heavily decorated. Barrett or Jalouse, because she was just Stee, and Barrett was Stee, too. Um, But then, like, our era, or, like, closer to, like, my age, I would say Zoe is, like, a high contender for that one even right now. She's, like, really shaking things up, like, even recently, like, doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Future MJ? Yeah, MJ yeah. in training. Uh-huh. She's a junior bacon MJ. Junior you bacon. Junior you, know, bacon. you know what I always think about with the MJ, too? So, like, not just in the way that Michael Jordan Ooh, actually sn- snowboarded. Go ahead. Maybe Jana as well. Yeah, Jana's a great... A great answer, uh, but not not just in the way people that people snowboard, but also the way that they're marketed. Like mm. the thing about if you look at Michael Jordan, he was a dude who basically was Nike's marquee athlete. Mm-hmm. He was like the first person to be put in front of you on posters and magazines and everywhere. He was he was he was like larger than life, and mm. in in the sense of that 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 kind of like superhero of our sport. Sometimes I don't look at it just statistically, but I look at like. The, the impact they, the had, impact on the they had on the culture, yeah, too, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. So I think those are all still great answers, but I just think about why we say MJ. Some people look at it from a pure statistics standpoint, too, which is yeah. another, It's and it's how it pertains to you. So it's a fun it's a fun wormhole to go down. For sure. It goes okay, deep. Okay, next question. Most underrated. Who you got? I'd say Garrett Warnick. Wow. I think he needs some props, dude. That Let's kid, give him a he's big so worm. <laughs> he's so sick. He's so good. He's had, like, a bunch of really good video parts come out, and I don't know. I always just thought he was, like, crushing it, but never seemed to really get, like, the support from the sponsors that he deserves. Could not agree more. One of the most impactful people to see in person and also attitude dude, and just fun to hang with. He's so good. Yeah. It's insane. It's a great answer. Great. Garrett Warnick is a great answer. I love that. Okay, next question. Uh, steel or powder? <laughs> I'm thinking he's going to say steel. I think he goes steel on us. I want that Duff. He wants Give that Hillary powder. Duff. Okay. He wants that General Powell's chicken, if you will. <laughs> All right, B. Ferg, a.k.a. Turd Ferguson. Mm. Best okay. style ever made. Ever <laughs> done. Best, Best style, style ever made. Ever Best made. style ever. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Johan. Olafson. Okay, not Johan from Capita. Johan. Yeah, okay, I was just like, making sure. Hmm. No, Olafson. There's Great. a couple clips. Dude, that's tight. It's insane. Dude. He has that one legendary turn where his yeah. his like arms like Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, I've been a, trying to do that. I can't. 
or I haven't it's yet. It's a heel side turn, right? Or toe side. It's a toe side turn, but his back arm is all the way forward and he's dragging his back yeah. shoulder on the snow. It's nuts, dude. Yeah. Good and then choice. he just has a couple of like crazy clips. That's a great answer. We haven't got that one yet. Great answer. Okay, best video, snowboard video ever made. Ever made. My first one was lame. I'm going to go with lame. It's a good answer. That's a respectable answer. Best snowboard graphic ever. Graphic ever. Damn. Um, Man. I like the cat. I like the Terrier cat. That one's dope. The old Sprocking cat. Um, Best graphic ever. I don't know. That's a tough one, too. There's so many good graphics. You got to pick one. You can't Louis Vito us here. I can't dance around the question. No, you can't use your go, media I'm going to hit the cat. Yeah, Sprocking cat. Sprocking cat. I got to go to a Burton, too. Maybe those uh those like first twin graphics were sick too, the one with the like the two chicks on the nose and tail, mm-hmm. or even the Ouija board one. Yeah, the Ouija board was pretty sick. I like the Ouija board one. Sidebar: Did you get? Did you ever have to do media training for the Olympics and stuff? I did some like when I first got on Red Bull. They like taught us how to speak with our hands and everything. <laughs> like, oh, really? You're supposed to? <laughs> yeah, you, you want to like you want to like keep them entertained. I guess I don't know. Did it, you notice Peter Lyon when he was in, in here out. was? Talking with his hands a lot. Yeah, I think that's like uh, proper, you know. I wouldn't know what to do. Okay, let's talk with our hands. I wouldn't know what to do with them. Okay, so next question Who is your favorite musical artist band? Wow. Musical artist band? Um, Flash band. Right now, I've been super hyped on the the Melvins. (laughs) 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 Love the Melvins. That's great. Wow. (laughs) Okay. For the people listening, we're moving our hands around while we talk. Okay. Pant over high back or under high back? I've been going um, in the high back, under high back. In the high back. In the high back. Definitely when I first was like shredding, it was like all about over though. That's OG. And then it kind of changed. But what do you run? Do you run under still? Man, I freaking always ran over, dude. Never. And still run over. Or ran ran the under. high backs under. Sorry, oh, ran okay, the work. pants under. Yeah, you always got to you got to let those high backs bark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next question: If you go heliboarding with three people, just good times, ripping turns, doing Johan toe sides, who you taking? I'm taking the bros, Zach and Gabe for sure. Um. And then I'd probably just sub out mom and pops. Like maybe pops gets the early session and mom comes out for the for the afternoon light. The Ferg for the glory hour. Like off the top of my head, I'd say that for sure. B Ferg, G Ferg, Z Ferg. Turd Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> Turd Fergelson. Fergal? Turtle? Okay. Worst trend in snowboarding. What do you got? Uh worst trend. I think being too cool for things is a bad trend in snowboarding. Too cool for school. Too cool for school. Too cool for Having a nice convo with some other person, I think that's whack. Great answer. Best trend in snowboarding. Best trend in snowboarding, just uh, just shredding with the bros. I don't know. That's always been a trend, right? And that's probably the best one. Okay, great uh, trend. We always talk about the beaver slap in the lift line when you're going through. You got some snow on your board. Are you someone that smacks an aggressive beaver slap in the lift line, or are you uh, keeping it low key? Yeah, I'll smack a big one every once in a while for sure. Gotta okay. get it off of there. You don't want your you don't want the stress on your ankle. Yeah, true. Yeah, I got to keep that knee, knee limber. Um, go to first try backcountry, like step down trick. Mm, go to it'd be just like front three or switchback five. Go to, yeah, love it. Well, that's switchback hot, one. That's hot takes. That's hot takes. 
Nice. That's hot takes. I was. I want to throw in another hypothetical. All right. If you could recreate the forum eight nowadays, you had bottomless budget. You're building the perfect team. We're talking bottomless budget. But right, no, sick. there's been budget cuts, so it's not eight. Ooh. So we're just six now. No, we're gonna do. Let's do four. Ah, the budgets have slashed. The budgets have been slashed half. So that's almost harder because then you like. All right, forum six. Let's just, <clears throat> or like you know, top six dream team. Who are you picking? And the dudes who are like crushing right now. Like right now, current. If you're like, we're starting a new brand, we got bottomless budge, but the budge has been cut a little bit. We only got six. I think you go supply okay, chain issues. So you want <laughs> if, if there's been minor <laughs> supply chain issues, not nothing. To Two writers couldn't show up. You want yeah. like three backcountry dudes, maybe like a rogue one in there, and then you want like three dudes in the streets, probably, right? Like you got to cover all your. Oh, let's talk streets. Let's get a street so knowledge. I'm going to go my three, like. Backcountry dudes, I would go like Longo, and then I would hit probably Baden, and then I would throw Fat Gabe in there too. Woo! Stacked. Um, you forgot about the whole contest scene with your scenario, though. I did kind of. Huh? That's kind of harsh. Whatever. Just well, then you get. You know, like just a, doing you. I'm just throwing. Yes. Yeah, well, then okay, fine. I'll That's go. Why then I'll, gonna then fail. I'll hit Red Gerard. So you're dropping somebody, or is that your fourth? No, I'm keeping it. That's my fourth, and then I'm gonna go Tommy Gesme and. Shoops. Wow, what a team. That is a bit of a what dream a team. team. All right, so it's eight, but then you're going to pick two women, actually. So it's an actually, the budget's okay. actually got reinflated. So I would go Sinit for sure. And then, all right, we'll just put Perky in there. Perky? Jill? Yeah. That's a stacked roster actually, right there. Emma. I want Crosby. Oh, you're going oh, Crosby. Yeah, wow. So, 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 so the younger cut. blood in Jill there. Jill just time got to grow. Turkey got cut. Oh, no. Oh, no. She's got, we're, we got like a time in She was well, on that, and you know, she got that, cut. That could be where, you know, yeah, the, you know, the budge, the budge just. Budge is slipping away. Budge is slipping Fleeting away. Fleeting time out there. Checks in the mail. I mean, if I could have both, I'd take both. But Yeah. You can't, though. That's Grab tail checks in the mail. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's get into the setups. What board are you rocking? What do you? How do you set it up? Um, right now, I'm either like running the hometown hero or a custom. Um, hometown hero is on Burton's family tree line, and I'll run that. It's pretty like sporadic. Changes a lot, but I've been getting narrower. I'm trending narrower, and right now I kind of I think it's like 21, but I kind of just toss the forearm in there. And if it's oh, somewhere okay. around the forearm, then that's like that's about right. And then before I would hit zero on the back and like 15 in the front. But right now I've been running like five in the back, 15 in the front, maybe 12 or maybe even 20. It kind of is just sporadic. Five or negative five? Negative five. Negative five. Okay. I yeah. love the forearm technique. That's pretty tight. I'm going to measure my. I think Bud's uses the, Bud said he uses the foreskin I technique. I do. That's a whole different technique. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a different That's technique. A huge but stance. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a giant, giant anaconda-like <laughs> stance. Droopy stance, if you will. It's a little bit like a turtleneck Big in some ways. It's stance. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that's your setup. What about uh, uh, edges? You still going McDermy on them, or you just go right out of the plastic? Yeah, no, I've been sending them, so I'll, like, get the boards, and then I straight ship them to the dude because it's just so worth it. Um, what's, what's that cost for a season? Who's paying the bill on that? That I just, like, put into the budget. That's budgeted in. It's my, built into I, your budget. I use like they let me use travel budget for that one. We got. I wonder if we can get a bomb hole discount. But for edges are mad too. sharp, and you should send. You should definitely send a board to them. It's worth it. At least one. Like you just one. catch them at an event. Just, just one that nice. you're gonna just like treat real well. One that I'm gonna like, ride right down a set of concrete stairs as soon as I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Send exactly. it to him. It's just done and freaking. Well, fuck. That's kind of like a base grind in itself, huh? Like resharpen the edges. 
You don't even get on the feature. You're just that first one where you go down the stairs. It's just ruined. Put some new texture in the base. <laughs> yeah, we like structure. That's structure. good structure. And what about outerwear and all that stuff? Yeah, Burton outerwear, running the AK stuff. And then boots, I've been riding the Driver X, and I really like those. They're nice and stiff, but they break in well. Um, bindings, I run the Cartel X. Goggles, I'm on the Anon. I hit the Relapse quite a bit, but then they got these new... I think they're the the M4W, but maybe they're changing that because it's like it's not necessarily for the women anymore, but it's just kind of like a smaller frame, and I like those a lot. Now, I noticed you're riding a Red Bull helmet. Uh, you've been running a helmet in the Cunch. What's the vibe yeah. that for riding lines and stuff? Good Dude, definitely like some, on some of those bigger, like scary lines where there is potential to like smoke your dome on a rock. Like it's nice to have the helmet. You just have like a level of like comfortability that you don't necessarily get when you're running just the just the beanie you know like if it is like a spicy kind of peppery line it's nice to have the bucket there was a couple that i was riding with just a just a hat on and it was a little rocky and i definitely didn't like really give her like i would have i don't think now for the the rider that's just getting into move to the mountains wants to get into the backcountry any recommendations yeah, I mean, always keep the beacon shovel probe on you. Make sure those beacon batteries are up to, you know, as high as possible. You don't want those things getting too low. Like anything below, like, 80, you should probably rechange the batteries. Don't store it with the batteries. Make sure your stuff works before you go out. Make sure you know how to use it. Probably take an avalanche course. And, uh, yeah, just try to make your stuff streamlined. So if something does hit the fan, then you're ready to go. Love it. I'd like to add, know your uh, people you're going with also know what they're doing because your life isn't their For sure. Hands. Yeah, that's important to have faith in the people who, like, if you do end up getting buried, like, these guys are badass and they're going to get you out. It's nice to have that on the crew. Okay. Well, B. Ferg, it's been a freaking great conversation, my friend. Uh, couple things. Oh, we have some Ben Ferg prints shot we by do. the one and only Stony Buds. The stoniest. The stoniest of Buds uh, that's available at bombhole.com. It's a great method. Yeah, so I love be that sure photo. to pick that yeah. up. Yeah, um, one of my favorite photos. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, bud. You you did the hard stuff. I showed up, and you took my photo. And showed up, and I went honor. big. Yeah. Showed up, I went the biggest. I deserved to win. <laughs> exactly. Sean Palmer quote. That's what I was going for. The yeah. palm, dude. The you palm. did go to biggest. Okay. Uh, all right. Any advice for young boarders that want to go pro? Uh, yeah, just like. Work hard, but make sure you're having fun too. Because if it's not fun, then why are you doing it? Don't do it then. And if you're not if you're not having fun, and you're just working hard, then it's it's like not worth it, and you're not going to get the stuff you really need. But I would say, work hard, have fun, for sure. Good balance of those two. And sometimes working hard is fun. Get stuff done. Get clips or fucking learn tricks. It's awesome. Great advice. Okay, last thing. You want to throw any thank yous before we put a bow on this? Yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me out. Really appreciate it. Um, friends and family, you know who you are. Thanks for all the support and love throughout the years, and thanks to the sponsors, Burton, Red Bull, Anon, Ten Barrel. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, B. Ferg. Well, thank you for coming on the show and your contribution to snowboarding and getting everybody hyped and being cool while doing it so thank you um and i want to say thank you to all of our listeners everybody that tunes in um everybody that's a patreon member uh everybody that buys merch anybody that wants to 
run through a wall with some smelling salts. We appreciate <laughs> you guys and mainly the snowboard community. It's it's strong. It's flourishing. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. And we got another episode coming at you next Wednesday. Over and out from the bomb hole.